an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it is week 12 in the National Football League. Down the stretch we come. We got one holiday in the books, many more to come. Your fantasy teams all coming into focus as it is week 12, and we're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. You know, I sit in here for the fourth week in a row with my good friend, my partner, Rich Ornberger, former offensive lineman, and I'm always thinking, an offensive lineman on Thanksgiving. That's, <laughs> that is, I mean, that is peanut butter and jelly. Oh, yeah. I mean, when these two things get together, what the hell happened this week? Well, I, I finally emerged from a slumber, a turkey and stuffing-induced cranberry slumber that I just took. Uh, and and it took every bit of will I had inside of me to get over here today. Yeah, no Thanksgiving's uh Thanksgiving's a bit of an anchor that I drag around me for the rest of the year. <laughs> kind of a thing. Thank God that's once a year because uh, I don't know if I'd I'd be around for very much longer <laughs> if well, there was an I, excuse to eat like that every every week or I, so. I, I tell you what, speaking of uh, not being around much longer, um, let's talk about the quarterback position as we look at some of these teams that are about to kick off today again, Week Twelve. National Football League. The toast of the town this year in the NFL, if I had to pick one or two guys, 
I would say it would be Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. These guys are both in year two. They're both in first place. You're hearing at least one of their names in MVP conversations. The thought is, hey, the Rams and Eagles gave up everything to go up and get these guys, and it worked. Well, let's go one year back from that experience in the NFL draft when the exact same thing happened. Didn't necessarily have to trade up as far to get them, but quarterbacks won too. This is not the 2016 draft, but the 2015 draft. The top two picks were Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Yep. They're both, or I should say their teams, are both about to get going right now as we watch Ryan Fitzpatrick take the field in place of Jameis Winston in Tampa. Winston is both injured and dealing with off-the-field stuff. Meantime, Mariota is about to take the field with the Colts, uh, or against the Colts, and is coming off of a four-interception performance on Thursday Night Football against the Steelers last week and has more interceptions than touchdowns this year. How are we assessing where these two are at in that two younger guys the following year have seemingly passed them? Uh, not good enough. That's where they are. They're just not good enough. Uh, because when you when you spend that much money, you go that high in the draft, you need to be a franchise player. You need to be a guy who literally the team can build the rest of their pieces around and that's exactly what's happened, but it hasn't worked yet, and that's a big problem. When you look at the draft, it's very simple to me. First round, you want a franchise player, the 10-year player, the guy who's going to be on all the billboards, the guy who's going to get the best stats, the guy who's going to be like the president of the team, right? And then the second rounder, what you're hoping for is a starter, a guy who's going to be out there every single Sunday for you. He's going to grind. He's going to hit. He's going to throw. He's going to catch. He's going to rush. A third rounder? You're really honestly just hoping for a role player. You're hoping for a guy who can help you in any situation, special teams, defensively, offensively. And then after that, I mean, really, like a Prescott in round four, a Brady in round six, these are the diamonds in the rough. The rest of the draft, you're filling out a roster. You're trying to get young in some places where you see potential to. So when you have a first-rounder who's underperforming, like Jameis Winston has, like Mariota has, it's not acceptable. It's not good enough. Well, and while we're looking at this position, another guy that is taking the field right now as we speak is Cam Newton against the uh, New York Jets, and we all know the kind of the up-and-down world that is Cam Newton. I'd also say part of what some guys in the NFL think is the downside is that Cam Newton sometimes has his focus on things that are outside of just going out there and getting first downs and winning football games. He's the biggest probably hot dog of all the quarterbacks. And and I know that a lot of defensive players look at that and say, my gosh, all the rules are slanted in your favor and you're going to (laughs) celebrate in my face? That's why uh, some guys go after Cam Newton. So to bring a college topic into this, I look at Cam Newton, I go, that's about as far as you can push it in the whole hot dog world and succeed as a quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if you got a chance to see Baker Mayfield yesterday, I know you saw him the week before against yeah. Kansas. Yeah. He gets punished, and there was no crotch grabbing this time, but he looks like Happy Gilmore after uh, you know driving a par four after every first down. I mean, he's just running laps around the field. He makes Pete Carroll look like a librarian on the sideline. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm like, how is this, how is this ever going to work at the NFL level? Mark, the world's a-changing. 
And I think what we're seeing, and I think what we're seeing often is the the quarterback, not just the receivers, not just the running back, not just the high profile corner, but the quarterback is starting to avail himself as the the headline maker. You know, I'm not talking about oh he had a good day, oh he had a bad day. I'm talking about dressing loud at the podium, making certain comments that that you know you kind of scrunch up your forehead, you go oh that's odd, well, <laughs> right. that's a that's an interesting decision. But it's it's starting to happen more at the college level because who's the example that's that's being set? A guy like Cam Newton is starting. He's on primetime television, having great games, mind you. Yes. When he plays at primetime, for oh. whatever reason, Cam Newton what? just lights up the scoreboard. When he plays well, that is a pretty thing going on. And he goes and finds the camera, and he goes and finds the press, and everybody gets to see it. So it does not shock me that this is happening at the college level, and we're going to probably see that filter up into the pros. And now scouts have a heavy, a hefty decision to make. Do we pass on talent because he's a bit of a distraction, or do we go all in on a guy who's going to wear his heart on his sleeve? I tell you what, I, I just think that uh, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy, uh, but he's going to have a lot of questions to answer at the Combine or yeah. whenever these GMs sit down with him. And he'll be like, wait, okay, so talk to us. Great numbers. But, uh, you know, Big 12 doesn't play any defense. And beyond that, we've got uh, public intoxication arguing with police officers. We've got crotch grabbing, uh, even following the crotch grabbing. Then we're going to go out and just, I mean, up and down the field with the celebrations and talking to the crowd and talking to the opponent and going crazy. Um, you know, how, that, that doesn't work at the NFL level. I, I look at a guy like that and I think to myself, how is he going to get in front of a group of men? I'm talking men. I'm men, talking 30-year-olds. Yes. Yeah, mortgages. Right. People, guys right. who, guys who, who are probably taking uh, uh, cups of coffee on the sideline instead of having having water to hydrate. I, I know <laughs> you did that. I mean, my God. Yeah, you know, you go – I mean, like, the truth is, like, <laughs> it's very difficult to become a leader if everybody looks at you as immature, not ready. And those sort of things, trust me, I know guys in the Panthers locker room who said, yeah, it took a little bit, but we love them. It, we lo- but it did take a little bit because Cam's an acquired taste, and that doesn't usually fit at that, at that position. All right, first score of the day belongs to, shockingly, the New England Patriots. Burkhead in from a couple of yards out. Tom Brady this could do that. opening drive, he just did that. And what else the Patriots did on this opening drive? They went for a fake punt in their own territory, on an opening drive uh, situation at home against the Dolphins. Like, this isn't one of those games where if you're Belichick, you're thinking, boy, we need to, we need to pull a fast one here in order to win. <laughs> like, everyone thinks they're going to win by three touchdowns sure. today. Yet he comes out with that on and, the opening drive. And that's why you do it. So, Bill is one of these guys who loves the expression, we got it on tape. You, you love to, to put something in a game plan against a team that you're slated to beat by a million because it makes the next group prepare for things that you're showing. Maybe it's a reverse. Maybe it's a fake punt. Whatever it may be, all of a sudden, you, you have a special teams group next week who has to prepare for the Patriots' fake punt because they'll do it in plus 50 territory. <laughs> and uh, he loved that stuff. When I played for him all the time, we would practice things. It's like, we're never going to do this. And then all of a sudden, we'd be beating a team by like 30 and it's like, all right, let's call in two extra <laughs> offensive linemen. We're running a goal line play on third and nine. Like, what, what are we doing? He's like, well, we want it on tape. 
That's uh, that's how the, he thinks about the game. He's playing chess a couple weeks forward right now. Uh, Buccaneers get a field goal as well in their opening drive against Atlanta. We're watching the Chiefs take the field, and this is a, a leveraged, interesting moment, I think, for this offense. They're now back home. Take a deep breath. They've lost four of their last five games, but they're home against a Buffalo Bills team that's just been habitually giving up 50 points oh, I know. Uh, as a job here for the last three weeks. So you'd think that this is an opportunity for Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt and that whole group to be like, okay, reset the decks. Let's have a good day today uh, because there are whispers, right? The second half of this season for Alex Smith, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Patrick Mahomes is sitting here. Uh, you know, the Chargers, are they're, they're on the come here in the division. Yep. Um, this, this is a, a big moment for this team and uh, you wonder if they're going to feel the comfort to go out and try to flex their muscles a little bit. Well, they better, and they better get this run game straight because if there's one thing that we all know about Alex Smith is he has that that tendency to be a bit of a game manager, and we've seen him actually lengthen the field, throw a couple shots down the field, expand things offensively with this Andy Reid offense, but the reason why that all worked is because they've been able to establish the run. Now, Marcel Darius, he's no longer a Buffalo Bill. He's right. playing great football for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you saw the inverse ratio of how good the run defense became in Jacksonville after he departed and became one of them and how poor the Bills' run defense became after he left. So if there's a game to get back on track, it's this one against the Bills at home. Feed the ball to Kareem Hunt until he is on the sideline gasping for air. Right. You need this man to rush the ball for Alex Smith to look like the hero he did for five games to open the season. Otherwise, he's going to be on a short leash. It, you might see Pat Mahomes before the end of the day. Wow, my goodness. Yeah, and so far on their very first drive, they have a third and six right out of the gate. Uh, Kareem Hunt with a rush for uh, negative one. Yikes. Then an incomplete pass on, on offsides has made it a manageable third down here uh, for Alex Smith. They are backed up a little bit in their own zone. They're only at their own 12-yard line for their opening drive. But on this third and six, Smith out of the shotgun is going to throw incomplete. Pocket collapsed on him. Three and out for the Chiefs. Ball goes right back to Buffalo. And deep in their own territory. So now you're punting. You know, Buffalo will field this somewhere near about midfield. They'll have a short field to work with. This is just a really less than fortuitous way to open your game at home. You really need momentum. In this game, starting with the lead, you can bully people. It's like playing poker with the large chip deck. All of a sudden, you go all in. You're making people make family decisions on that on that play. You know, I mean, so so this is this is a bad way to start a game at home. You lose a lot of momentum. It's Red Zone Radio, and it's Week Twelve in the National Football League. We are out of the gates. We are underway. Is it time to give up on the season for a team that we all thought was going to be playing in January? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Week Twelve. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Just sitting here during the break trading Thanksgiving stories. My stomach is still expanded, so I'm uh, I'm, re- I'm still ready to get after it on a daily basis. <laughs> We're still on that uh, come down where, you know, a good five meals a day still feeling about right. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, pa- I packed a salad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's time to reevaluate some things that I've been up to this, we, <laughs> this weekend. We are up to our esophagus in football as well, as we have, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven football games uh, that are pouring out in front of us right now. Yep. Now five. Only. Now six. That's right. Seven. <laughs> and there's only one touchdown on the board. That belongs to the New England Patriots. But Yay. field goals so far for the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Cleveland Browns, who have an early lead in Cincinnati Cleveland! as they try to avoid going 0 and 11. Cleveland. I t- they do. They, they really, really <laughs> badly. Um, and in fact, uh, Cincinnati has a first and goal at the Cleveland eight yard line right now, even though they're trailing three to nothing. And speaking of Cleveland, uh, they'll be here in Los Angeles next week uh, to face the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the Chargers will win that game and go to six and six, um, which which is is um, an interesting development for the team. Boggling. Zero and four. They're yeah. still in the wild card position. Uh, depending on what the Chiefs are able to do here the next few weeks, they're still a contender in the AFC West. That game on Thanksgiving Day was a thing. I read they have no kicker. They 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 are unable to. I mean, they probably lost somewhere between six to ten points in that game solely because they had no kicker, and they still were not even threatened by the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that this season is 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 probably going to be a lost one for Dallas. And there's got to be more going on here than just Ezekiel Elliott out of the line. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that this offensive line isn't as good as they were a year ago, and I'm not sure exactly what, what I can make of that. I mean, Lael Collins is playing out of position. You can make that for the right tackle position. They lose Leary to free agency, goes to Denver. Obviously, Doug Free retires, and that's why he had the shift up up front. But yeah, Zeke's a, a special talent. The games that he played, there were some bad, some good. When it was good, it was really, really good. So he's special. But I think, in my opinion, I'm looking at Dak Prescott, and I'm starting to scratch my head saying, Uh. was that real? Was that just a a fevered dream, a rookie year for the ages? Is is Dak Prescott the guy who we saw breaking things down and empty protection and, look, he understands everything? Or did he really just have that much less of a load to bear because Zeke was so great his rookie season? Well, he has lost his best player on offense the last few weeks. Um, I would say Des Bryant is not the receiver he used to be. He didn't have his left tackle the last few weeks. He had him back in this game. Um, But all those things are significant. When I look at Dak, I still don't see him – uh, you know, out there losing football games, if you will. Uh, maybe it's lacking a dynamic quality, but think about this. This isn't something that we really stopped and thought about a lot last year when Dallas was playing well. Is this a team that is a little bit light on weapons? Huh, you know, Jay- Jason Witten is not an elite tight end anymore. No, no. Dez Bryant is yeah. not an elite wide receiver. The receivers behind Dez are just kind of like, you know, they're guys. And now there's no Zeke. What, what what does Dak have around him? That is actually a better point than uh, than the offensive line point because truthfully the protection's been all right. I mean, granted, Tyron Smith going against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on Thanksgiving Day with a bad groin that's not a good matchup. But overall, it hasn't been terrible. So yeah, I mean, you start to evaluate what's around Dak and Cole Beasley can only do so much right. for you. Yeah, right. I mean, like, and honestly, as a third down outlet. People are on to that. That guy gets doubled because they don't fear Dak as much as they used to. <laughs> no doubt. And you can or, single. Or Dez, rather. does, yeah. Casey Hayward was able to single cover him. Yep. Um, Rob Gronkowski with a first down catch down to the six-yard line. The Patriots on the move again just inside of seven minutes to go first quarter. The route is on already in New England. It's 7 now. Routes. Yeah, they're about to go on. It's <laughs> funny to talk about routes. But, yeah, that's what's, uh, that's what's happening right now in New England. The Chiefs go three and out again. 
So that's back-to-back uh, outings against the Bills here in this first quarter. The Chiefs have not even been able to get a first down. Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs, I took a second to look up what they did through the first bunch of games. And the reason why they had so much success, as I mentioned, was that, that rushing total at the end of the games. Uh, 185, 112, 189, 168, 127. Those were their season openers. Those were five wins in a row. Then what happened? They ran into the buzzsaw, uh, codenamed the Pittsburgh Steelers. They rushed for only 28 yards. Yep. They lost to the Raiders, 94. Lost to Denver Broncos, 79 yards on the ground. Dallas Cowboys, 68 uh, or excuse me, they beat the Denver Broncos, but they lost. To the, so this run game hasn't been healthy in a while. They eked one out against Denver, but unless they get themselves back on track, this is not going to be uh, the sort of homecoming they were hoping for. You need to get first down yardage. You need to run the ball on first down and be effective and stay ahead of the chains. Otherwise, this Bills defense will eat you up, and you're going to have to depend on Alex Smith again, and we know that equation, how it looks. Speaking of eating you up, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, touchdown, 13-0. Hey, Boston! Yeah, New England leads <laughs> Miami. Uh, we might be changing that channel shortly. This one is off to a really rocky start uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, also, pass along, Carson Wentz to Zach Ertz, touchdown. A big tight end moment there. Ertz got one, Grunt got one, Tyler Croft got one in Cincinnati. Wow. Bengals lead the Browns 7-3. to uh, Atlanta evened up Tampa's uh, field goal 3-3. Jets did the same with Carolina 3-3. Tennessee's got themselves a field goal at Indianapolis 3-0 there. But getting back to your point about this Chiefs run game, you know, it's funny. So Kareem Hunt had that wobbly game against Pittsburgh, wobbly game against Dallas, and everyone sort of said, okay, they're going to go into the bye. Andy Reid is really good coming out of the bye. They're going to reestablish Kareem Hunt. Well, out of the gates here against Buffalo, uh, he hasn't done anything with his two carries, but six plays, they've gone back to pass four times. They've handed it to Kareem Hunt on first down both times. He's got a total of two yards on two carries, so it doesn't even necessarily look like they're trying to establish him out of the gate here either. Yeah, it's strange. I, I don't know what changed. I don't know if it's lack of... Uh... Of, of faith in the rookie running back if it was just, you know, early expose where he was hot and you deal the hand that's hot and all of a sudden that cooled off and they're seeing it at practice, whatever confidence level they had has evaporated. And quite frankly, if you have first down carries or even early down carries, if you're Kareem Hunt, you need to get in there and find a way to fight for two, three each time you do that because this is what it'll look like if you don't. Right. You'll, be, you'll be out of the gun. They'll be looking to do the West Coast offense, short passes, to, to sort of make up for the lack of a running game. And Alex Smith, yeah, he's a dink and dug guy, but when you, are, when you are throwing the ball the majority of the time, I don't think that's the type of game he shines in. All right, so the Chiefs now have their third try. Their defense has looked fine against Tyrod Taylor's offense. Uh, they haven't been able to do anything either. Here's first and 10 for Alex Smith. They're going to throw the ball again on first down, and he throws it downfield, and I mean way over Tyreek Hill's head. Um, that one was basically just a throwaway. So, um, listen, I'm still high on what the Chiefs might be able to do this season. I'm still high on a lot of the weapons they have. Uh, but at a minimum, they are out of sync. It's almost like... Uh, you know, they've kind of lost their flow. They've lost their mojo. Have you ever been a part of an offense that just kind of lost that vibe? And what do you do to get it back? Yeah, absolutely. I remember I was with the Chargers 2013. We went on a bit of a skid going into the bye week. 
and there was this refocus effort by the coaching staff because it was about a midseason buy. They had a look at us, self-scouted, and they said to themselves, boy, we got away from what was going pretty good. Yep. And, and that was the run. That was really just sticking with the run. And I'm not talking about like, okay, so you, you get five yards a clip. It's not that type of offense we were running. It was, boy, it's going to be a cloud of dust. We're going to get some yards sometimes. We'll break the big one. But what it's going to offer us is great balance. We're going to keep defenses by formation off balance. This way they don't know if we're running or passing. So they don't get a chance to tee off on us. They don't get an opportunity to stick their best pass rushers on the field at all times. That's that's something that I think worked uh, late in that season because we end up being a nine and seven playoff team. But right now, this this Kansas City offense looks inept. It's brutal. Third and six, and they try to just throw a little swing route out to Tyreek Hill. Uh, there was another receiver that kind of ended up getting in the way. Alex Smith throws it out there. Both receivers try to catch it, so it just bounces off of both of their hands, pops up into the air, incomplete. Three trips to the field. Three three and outs, three punts for Kansas City. Again, against a Bills defense that in the last three weeks has given up over 130 points. Jeez. I mean, look, if it's a swing bubble screen and you're a wide receiver out there, I no offense to Wilson, you're wearing a 12, Tyreek Hill's wearing a 10. You can assume that ball's <laughs> going, going to Tyreek. Like, yeah. so do, do me a favor, just go ahead and find someone to block. Now, look, that sort of stuff, I mean, it's indicative of an offense that's flailing, and that's what they've been over the past six weeks or so. This is a 0-0 despair. Yeah. You remember watching the Giants game, it felt the same way. We're sitting here going, boy, it's it's tight here. What well, is going on? And they never uh, – well, correct me if I'm wrong. They lost 12-9. to Was that three field goals, or did they miss an extra point in there somewhere? I can't remember. I don't know if the Chiefs have scored a touchdown in like two, three weeks. I'll go back on that let's one. Let's take a look at it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get Gascon in here as well uh, with the full scoreboard update, everything that's going on. Good morning, Dave. Hey, What's good happening? Morning. Good morning, fellas. How's Yo, everything going? Yeah, everything is good. I got to start this off with a, a certain highlight of a, of a great tight end out east. Second and goal to go for the Pats. Brady waits on the snap. Books. Points toward Amendola. Sends him in short motion. Takes the snap. Backpedals looking left for the goal line. Kukowski. Touchdown. Patriots. Making it look easy, as you said, Mark. The, the romp is on. 14-0. Gronk's got 48 yards in the TD. It's 14-0. 5.28 to play. In the first quarter in that one. Meanwhile, Philadelphia and Carson Wentz. First and 10 at the 17. Wentz in the gun. Clement to the right. Wentz back. He steps up. He is firing. Touchdown! Perfect strike as he guns it to Zach Ertz. Ertz's seventh touchdown of the year. And that ball game is on Fox and 7 to nothing. Eagles. Wentz now has 26 touchdown passes this season. Panthers and Jets, another ball game that's on Fox. It's three up there. Titans just kick another field goal. They lead six to nothing over Indianapolis. They've lost nine in a row at Lucas Oil Stadium. Huh. But again, the game is six nothing. Tennessee, another ball game on Fox. Buccaneers and Falcons tied at three apiece. And the Browns looking for a win. And they're already chasing points down seven to three to Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd with a touchdown reception from 17 yards out. Dave, great stuff. Appreciate that. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO. The ways to get in touch. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Big play for the Eagles right there. Uh, That one, let's see. Do we have a turnover on this one? Uh, We'll get you up to date. There's a big pile. Everybody's pointing. Everybody's going crazy. Everybody's doing what they're doing under the pile. We know how that works. 
Uh, there's bad stuff going on. Everybody thinks they've got the ball. Uh, the Bears have the ball. This was a LeGarrette Blunt fumble, I believe. Uh, the Bears have picked it up. Uh, Eagles do lead. This started out deep in their own territory. They're actually lucky it ended up where it did. Blunt busts through the line. Then he gets to the second and third level. He takes off to the 30, 35, 40, but then fumbles at the end of the play. So the Bears will take over in Eagles territory. But let's get back to that Chiefs conversation we're having. So last week in New York, no touchdowns. Week before that was a bye. We won't blame them for that. Right. Uh, but the week before that, <laughs> they lost at Dallas 28-17. They scored two touchdowns in that game. One of them was that fluky play to Tyreek Hill right before half. The other one was a third-quarter pass from Alex Smith to Travis Kelsey. That's the last touchdown they scored. That was almost a month ago. It feels like Travis Kelsey also needs to be incorporated into this offense more uh, in the way that a tight end should be utilized. I, I, I love the shovel pass. I love the creativity uh, when, when in moderation. I think that – like just look at what the Patriots just did on their second offensive drive. They have Gronkowski obviously close to the goal line, but they just ran a clear-out route, and they said, you're one-on-one against the safety. We don't care. We love that matchup all day long. Get to the top of your stem, break it off, and be open in, in, on the out route. And that's exactly what happened, and, and number 87 cashes in. That's not what I'm seeing out of the Chiefs lately, and right. I don't know if it's because Alex Smith isn't isn't getting it to him. I, he had 14 receptions a game ago against the Giants. You have to imagine that you could get you could get him involved in the passing game if you're not going to use Kareem Hunt and you're not going to just cram the run up in in there. You absolutely need to have Tra- Travis Kelsey highlighted. Otherwise, you're not going to have any chance at, at victory. Yeah, six pass attempts for Alex Smith so far. Uh, none of them have targeted Travis Kelsey. Three of them to Albert Wilson, a couple of them to Tyreek Hill so far. Uh, the Dolphins on the move a little bit here as they trail already 14 to nothing, but uh, just uh, converted on a first down. Uh, Matt Moore to Jarvis Landry there. Uh, and looking at the Matt Moore situation, Jay Cutler, we know that Ryan Tannehill is out there for next year. Uh, how firm of a statement would it be to say that Miami Uh, is definitely one of those teams, one of, I count, 12, 13 football teams that coming up this offseason, whether it be draft, free agency, someone like Kirk Cousins would be on the quarterback market. This may feel like a hot take, but I don't think it is. I think Miami, they have three quarterbacks on their roster right now who may not be on their team next year. Hmm. I mean, T- Tannehill. Blow it up. <laughs> Tannehill Blow it up. has been so damn, hot. <laughs> so damn hot in that QB room right now in Miami. And, and it's not because they're on fire. It's because they may be fired. These guys have stunk. Tannehill has not been the guy yet. And that's disappointing when you take a first rounder and he doesn't pan out. couple different coaches. I get it. It's difficult when you're learning new offenses. I get it. I give rookies and maybe even a quarterback his first year with the new offensive scheme a lot of time. We're seeing a renaissance of Alex Smith in Kansas City. We knew what happened to him in San Francisco. So, sure, you can make excuses for Tannehill. That does not mean he's going to stay in the teal and orange much longer. I feel like if they have an opportunity to, if this season really goes in the tank and there's quality available in the draft at their slot, even if it's slightly higher and they have to trade up to go and get it, 
Make a move, man, yeah. because it's been bad under center for a long time in Miami. Well, there have been a couple of teams that we considered wild cards. We know a lot of them. We know the Denver Broncos are going to be on the search. We know the Cleveland Browns are always on the search <laughs> uh, when, it, when it comes to a quarterback. We know the Arizona Cardinals, for instance, are, are going to be interested. There were a few teams we weren't sure about. With what Buffalo did last week, just by sending that flag up, by benching Tyrod Taylor, um, they're going to join that that mix for 100% sure, I would say. Now, there could also be a team that we thought was going to be in it that might be backing out. The Chargers might be that. Like, if the Chargers continue a second-half run, uh, make the playoffs behind Phillip Rivers, would they still be interested in drafting someone? Yes, but maybe they draft someone in the third, the fourth round, as opposed to grabbing somebody in the first round. But um, that carousel of teams is is constantly on the move, and all I know is the number is double digits or more. The number of teams that are going to be chasing a Josh Rosen, a Josh Allen, a Sam Darnold if he does come out. Without question. Without question. This may be the most movement we've seen at the quarterback position uh, in the NFL in a long stretch. There's a lot of guys getting pretty old who have been underperforming or streaky this season. There's a lot of guys who haven't been performing to their paycheck for a long time in the NFL so far. And if you look at what's happening on Sundays, week in, week out, there's a lot of teams who are platooning quarterbacks at that position because they don't have an answer. And the Bills are one of them. The Miami Dolphins are one of them. The Browns, I, I mean, let's not even get – they have metal detectors at the beach. They're looking for a quarterback right now. I mean, the long visor and the the blue blocker sunglasses, they can't figure themselves out. So you know there's going to be teams in the hunt. What you're seeing out of some of these older quarterbacks is they're actually performing up come November. Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, it's happening because they need to make a push before they uh, they see their way out the door. Tyrod Taylor to Zay Jones. That's a touchdown, and the Bills strike first in Kansas City. It's a 6-0 lead. Taylor with a really nice rollout. Hits Jones perfectly in the corner of the end zone. We've talked a lot about the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, what that brought out of Alex Smith yep. early in the season. What might the benching of Tyrod Taylor bring out in him here in the second half of the season? Well, what this shows to me early on in this game is that that's a competitor. That's a guy who doesn't look one week rock him. I mean, because you can really shake a quarterback's confidence when you do something like that to him. And I don't know how it was explained by Sean McDermott or the staff over there, but that is, uh, you are you are playing with fire. And you, sometimes you get burned and sometimes you set a fire under a quarterback. You got those those sort of results out of the guys on the opposite side of the field, the Kansas City Chiefs with Alex Smith so far through this season. I guess maybe if you're trying to make a push and you're trying to make a point, you say to Tyrod, this team relies on you. You need to be the guy. We need to be able to trust you and ride your play into the playoffs. So we're going to give you a week to think about it. We're going to send Peterman to the Wolves. And uh, when we're on the other side of the Chargers game, we need to make a run. Otherwise, we got to some decisions to make in the offseason. And so far against the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. who has not been able to uh, stop the pass particularly well, they give up a touchdown. Yep, this and remember, Darrell Rivas signed a couple of days ago by these Chiefs, but he's not playing today. They didn't feel like he was ready to go. Might see him next week. And uh, next week might be a real different vibe around Kansas City if something doesn't change here quick. This was supposed to be the, okay, let's take a deep breath, get better game. It's still very early, but game on. Bills lead 6 nothing. It's under review. I don't really know why. That is every bit of, of a touchdown that a touchdown can be 
We've got one foot. We've got one knee. We've got an elbow. Then we've got another <laughs> yeah. foot. Uh, yay. Touchdown. Okay, yeah, there we, we knew go. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Bills are up 6 nothing. Here comes the extra point. And uh, Kansas City, it's show me what you got right now because with the Chargers having done what they did already on Thanksgiving, if the Chiefs lose today, the Chargers are only a game out. They've got a game head-to-head against one another still ahead on the schedule. And I think a lot of people might favor the Chargers, as crazy as that might sound, at 5-6 and six, if the Chiefs can't even win a home game against Buffalo today. Week 12 continues to pour out in front of you. If you're on those Thanksgiving weekend roads, stay with us. We'll let you know everything that happens as it happens on Red Zone Radio. Have a great Thanksgiving, because Big Bully is. All right, we've had an active couple of minutes there. We'll get you up to date. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Defensive touchdown for the Miami Dolphins, and it was the result of a shotgun snap thrown to Tom Brady when Tom Brady wasn't looking. And what happened to your mind, body, and spirit as a former Patriots center when you watch that unfold, when you watch the center go over to the sideline and deal with the Patriots coaches, you said you likened it to almost like having flashbacks of being in in, in wartime, like <laughs> like like chills were going through your entire body watching what this poor center is going through. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know who number seventy five for the New England Patriots is, but I've been in those cleats, my friend, and that is un kind territory you're walking into as you return to the sideline. Their offensive line coach, Dante Scarnecchia, who took a brief respite from his career coaching the offensive line at New England, who's back now for the past two seasons, and they've looked great up front for those two years, um, had that center on the sideline, and I promise you when I tell you this, Dante can cut your soul in half with words. <laughs> like he is five foot six. He's maybe 150 pounds of dripping wet clothing, but it is inexcusable to s- snap the ball when the best player in the history of the NFL potentially <laughs> is behind you. Not looking. And, and oh, nearly got his knee taken out. Oh, he's still on the sideline. We're show- we're getting sideline views of Dante pointing into Karis's face yeah, mask right now. the guy's name is Karis. And uh, boy, that that is yeah. Trust me, that le- that man can level you with with just words. And so, uh, interested to see what happens in the Patriots game moving forward because some guys can really receive that sort of verbal punishment and rise to the occasion, and some guys. Boy, they got the cameras all over this center. It's going to be a long day for you, big fella. Yep. Be careful. Uh, that's all I have to say about well, that. And the score is 14-7. to 7. Um, And so the Patriots are fine with regard to the game. But one of the things I noticed is their entire season came within an inch of ending right there because the ball was not only snapped over Tom Brady's head. Tom Brady did what anybody would do in that situation. Yeah, chase him. Try to go run and get the ball. Tom dives for the ball, and he's in kind of a sideways angle as other defenders are about to dive on him. His leg, his left leg cleared out on the ground just in time. Yeah. Just in time. I'm telling you that if it had been a second earlier, he would have been bent in half in a way that was uh, beyond uncomfortable and beyond unrecoverable. And and so uh, I'm sure that's why the sideline reacts the way it does. It's like it's not just that you messed up a play; you could have messed up our whole season. I remember one time that coach who we were talking about just a second ago, Dante Scarnecchia, said, "Hey, guess what? 
That's the entire football team behind you, okay? So when you're protecting for them, you protect them like it's your mom, like it's your grandma. Whatever you love the most in the world during those three hours, that's what's behind you. Because guess what? If he goes down, the rest of us are going home. You understand that? And I'd be like, oh, my God, please, I'm sorry. Be like, don't apologize. You haven't done anything wrong yet. Okay. Okay. I'll be okay then. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right, so that's one thing. Elsewhere, Atlanta now ahead of Tampa Bay, ten to three. Trick play. Mohamed Sanu throws to Julio Jones. Maybe that's what they should do. Sanu has as many touchdown passes to Julio Jones this year as Matt Ryan does now. Uh, they each have one, bro. Yeah, how about that? Uh, that's only his second touchdown of the year. Yeah, and uh, it worked out. But uh, Julio Jones, one of the top receivers in the game, has just been not not been able to get the points going this year. Yeah, and and when you have a situation like that, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it good. It sometimes it means it's opening up other things for your offense because that guy's drawing so much coverage. That, that you can get it to the backs. You could get it to the tight ends. You could get it to whoever the two receiver is because he's such a problem for defenses. So, yeah, while you want his numbers to be great, if Matt Ryan is winning by throwing it away from him, all the better. They're 6-4 and four on the season right now, and they're going against a team that's won two in a row with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to say it would be embarrassing if they lose to the Bucks right now, who've sort of been on the decline until Fitzpatrick inexplicably got this thing turned around for him. Uh, but uh, but this is an important game for them, as is the Buccaneers. All of a sudden, their season is in great peril. Jameis Winston's future, as far as his throwing shoulder goes, is on the line for the season. And also, again, off-the-field issues back in Arizona uh, over a year ago. Yes. So, I, I mean, this, this, is, this is becoming a, a bit of an ugly situation, unfortunate situation, for the Bucks, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, during that offensive drive, they just lost their right tackle, Dotson, who's a long arm guy, about six foot ten. Uh, so they they have some some uh, some fixing to do on the offensive front. We know how that goes. Backup quarterback, backup offensive lineman, maybe not the best recipe for success. Throwback Sunday, Adam Pacman Jones has just returned a punt for the touchdown, and the Bengals have gone in front of the Browns. 16 to 3. Uh, let's see. How about nope, nullified by a penalty. Never mind, never mind. Back to 10 to 3 lead for the Bengals. That was almost a nice little moment for him. Didn't work out. Uh, Philadelphia up 14 to nothing. Carson Wentz to Nelson Aguilar uh, for another touchdown there. That's Wentz's second touchdown throw of the game. And then here comes a third and nine for the Bills, who are threatening again. The Chiefs' problems that we've talked a lot about already. They've had now four possessions. They've gone three and out every single time. Third and nine for the Bills. They're going to come up just short. However, they are in field goal range and stand to take a 10 to nothing lead. Take a look at what's going on with the Chiefs offense. Four possessions, four three and outs. Alex Smith, one of six for three yards. Kareem Hunt, five carries for four yards. You want to you want to see the tail of the tape so far in the Buffalo game against Kansas City in Arrowhead? Look at the clock. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have just owned this game about 12 minutes to the five across from them, uh, the Chiefs, and they're lining up for a field goal here to go 10-0 up. I, I just... 
I'm kind of I'm kind of at a loss for what we're seeing with the Chiefs. Right. The defense was built up to be better than it is. The offense certainly so, and and they are just in free fall after winning five straight to start the season. Yep, thirty four yard field goal for Steven Hauschka is up and good, and indeed it is a ten nothing lead for the Bills. And by the way, kind of saves. Uh, if the Bills were able to win today, let's not just talk about the Chiefs falling to 6-5. and five. The Bills would go to 6-5 and five and very much stay in this playoff picture as well. The Bills, the Ravens, the Chargers would be battling for that last wild card spot. It's Week 12 in the National Football League. We got it all covered. It's Week 12 in the National Football League. Another touchdown Woo! for the Patriots. Tom Brady to Rex Burkhead. It's 21-7 there. Another touchdown for Julio Jones. Remember that thing I said a minute ago where Sanu has as many throws to Jones in the end zone as Matt Ryan does this year? Not anymore. Matt Ryan just went back ahead. Two to one. Julio Jones has two scores. Falcons lead the Bucks. 17 to three. Kenny Albert will join us in a couple. Seahawks Niners later today on Fox. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. And coming up shortly, Jeff Allen from Vegas will join in with a free selection. Touchdown for the Carolina Panthers. They missed the extra point, but they now lead at the Jets 9-3. to Cam Newton with a rushing touchdown there. One thing I'm always keeping an eye on there, I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan. He, again, is in a major way outgaining Jonathan Stewart, but not necessarily outcarrying Jonathan Stewart. And I'm wondering why the Panthers have been so slow to kind of trust him a little bit more just straight out of the backfield. I, you know what? I actually like the way they've been utilizing him. It's it's in doses, and I think that when teams go to the honey hole a little too much, all of a sudden you start to see what's happening with the Chiefs. All of a sudden you become predictable. People start to look at some of the schemes and the gadgets that you're using with these utility knife players like a Tyreek Hill, uh, and, all, and they, they find you out. So the fact that they're mixing him in the run game and using him as a a a, a dot back in in eye formation or or even uh, the pistol looks, and then all of a sudden he's lined up at receiver, and then all of a sudden he's in the backfield and he's at an H back look. All these different ways to use a player really disguises your intent, and I think it's smart because Carolina in the games where he's gotten a lot of touches, even though he hasn't gotten a ton of rushes. They've done really well. They've looked really successful on offense. So, so far, I kind of like the fact that we're just getting enough to keep us wanting more out of Christian McCaffrey. Also, the Bengals had a field goal, now lead 13-3 to over the Cleveland Browns. So, double-digit lead there in Cincinnati. Browns seemingly on their way to yet another loss. And let's update you on what we've been talking a lot about so far this morning. That Kansas City Chiefs offense, make it another three and out. That's five possessions, five three and outs. Alex Smith having a hard time even so much as completing a pass, uh, getting positive yards from Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, almost impossible. And again, they're at home. The weather is good. They're playing a Bills defense that's looked like a sieve for the last three weeks. Yep. I mean, the concern level around Kansas City right now has to be off the charts. And what people have been saying typically throughout this season so far is, geez, you know, Alex Smith does not look like the guy that they thought they'd have with a little bit of a push from behind him. Patrick Mahomes get drafted, and he's on an MVP level so far this season. The name that you're going to start hearing if this slide continues, because both the defense and offense have been struggling, 
is Andy Reid. Is he going to be on the hot seat coming wow. on this season? I mean, it's so crazy to even have that conversation a month after they were 5-0. and I know. The team <laughs> were 5-0. and All right, let's get Kenny Albert in here. He'll be on the call for Seahawks at 49ers later on this afternoon along with Rondé Barber and Christina Pink. Kenny, thanks so much for coming on. These Seahawks, after a Monday night loss against the Falcons, they are so banged up. This road game at San Francisco traditionally is one where they kind of struggle sometimes to really get something going. Uh, We're talking about concerns around the Chiefs. How big are the concerns around the Seahawks right now? You know, guys, we met with Pete Cowell yesterday, and and he doesn't really seem to be concerned at all. Uh, When you look at the recent history, the last five years, the way they play down the stretch. And I know Pete talked about this uh, in the media this week and on his conference calls. They are right around the same spot in the standings, the six and four, pretty similar to the last five years. And, and they've been tremendous in December. I know it's not December yet officially, but 17 and five, it's, it's a team that knows how to finish games, knows how to finish regular seasons. And I think that's kind of what they're counting on. They, they are coming off the tough loss on Monday night to Atlanta. Uh, they're facing a 49ers team that's actually well-rested, coming off their first win two weeks ago. They had a bye following that win over the Giants. But uh, you're right, always seems to be a close game when these teams get together. The Seahawks have won all three of their games here at Levi Stadium, but earlier this season in Seattle, week two, a different starting quarterback for the Niners, but San Francisco had a lead in the fourth quarter before Seattle came back to win that game 12-9. So uh, it should be another tight one here today. Yeah, tight games down the stretch of the season, obviously not unfamiliar territory, but this this season so far, they're in a bit of a situation in their secondary. A lot of people are down, as we know, at the midpoint of the season. It turns from heavy offense to leaning on the run game and the defense, and their defense looks anemic due to those injuries. Uh, what, 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 what sort of uh, news are we getting out of Seattle camp of how they're going to resolve some of this? Well, you're right. No Richard Sherman today, no Cam Chancellor. So uh, Earl Thomas, the only remaining member of the Legion of Boom, who will be active today. And, you know, it's ironic. You look at Jeremy Lane, who's slated to start. He was part of that trade with Houston a couple of weeks ago when the Seahawks acquired Dwayne Brown, and Lane failed. He was sent back to the Seahawks. And here he is, you know, finding himself in a, in a starting role today. Uh, they're also without Shaquille Griffin, their right corner on the other side, so they are definitely banged up in the secondary, but when you look at some of their strengths with Michael Bennett, uh, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas, I think they're really hoping those guys uh, step up and lead the way today defensively. Kenny Albert with us, Seahawks 49ers later today on Fox. All right, what about the other side of the ball? Kenny, what are they saying around the 49ers as to why Jimmy Garoppolo is not the starting quarterback today? Well, it has a lot to do with with the system and, and learning Kyle Shanahan's system. It took Matt Ryan a full year, so they don't want to just throw Garoppolo in there. And they're also happy with how C.J. Beathard has played the last two weeks. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Garoppolo uh, didn't play the rest of this season, um, to be honest, depending on how Beathard plays and his health, of course. But it, it does seem to take a while with, with this complicated system. And the, the 49ers, just from talking to some of their people, um, they're not going to rush this. Um, he came over in a trade in late October, and it's a totally different system. You have to learn new verbiage, so there doesn't seem to be any kind of rush as far as uh, playing Jimmy Garoppolo or starting him in a game. They feel like they have uh, you know, two really good pieces at the quarterback position looking towards the future in both C.J. Beathard and Jimmy Garoppolo, so it's sort of a good problem to have.
You know, and, and back to Seattle's offense, I look at what's been going on in the run game. Awfully streaky this season. All of a sudden, Pete Carroll saying that Thomas Rawls is going to, quote, play his buns off this Sunday. Uh, is, is this going to be the answer to the problems they've had over the season as far as their inconsistency in the run game? 16 running backs since the departure of Marshawn Lynch. Um, you know, they've, they've had some tough injuries. Oh, we might have just lost Kenny Albert there on the uh, cell, but uh, uh, you can sort of get the idea where he's going. They have not found the answer in Seattle mm. since uh, Marshawn Lynch moved on. All right, is Kenny still with us? Kenny, go ahead and, uh, yeah, start that answer over you if you would. Answer? Yeah, we got you. Okay, yeah, I heard you guys the whole time. Um, you know, we'll see today. Thomas Rawls was a healthy scratch on Monday. Uh, we won't get the inactives for about another 25 minutes, but uh, when you look at the depth chart with Eddie Lacy and J.D. McKissick, they have some depth there, so uh, we'll see which route they go today. Kenny, uh, Seahawks Niners later today on Fox. We'll be watching. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, Kenny Albert with the Seattle and San Francisco game. And, you know, that Garoppolo thing, you and I have talked a lot about it. There was an interesting statement that Kyle Shanahan made this week that I think he actually gave us a window into what they're actually thinking with Garoppolo. I kept saying to myself, Look, they're going to have to put him in there at some point. They're not going to sign this guy to a long-term deal without knowing what he looks like for at least two or three games. And then Kyle Shanahan went out and just dropped that franchise tag thought. He said it earlier this week. I think it is possible they don't play Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're willing to pay him $25 million next year just to see that one year and play the Kirk Cousins game with him. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a free agent. He's not going to be available for trade. He is the 49ers quarterback next year. And they're willing to pay for that and then see what they've got once they get a full season of him. I, I think it's somewhat brilliant. I, if it you, is. I mean, if you, if you look what's happening in Washington, uh, Kirk Cousins looks as good as any quarterback in the league over two seasons. And the reason is because you're getting him playing for contracts yep. every season. And don't get me wrong, it's great to have that certainty and that consistency and understand who your guy is going to be year in, year out. But the unfortunate reality is complacency can leach into the equation, even with quarterbacks, even with all the responsibility, all the praise, all the pressure. Sometimes you see a guy sign a big deal and all of a sudden the play drops off. You don't get that out of a Cousins because he's been on two straight franchise tags. If you do this to Jimmy G... You might have the same situation right. while you're trying to build brick by brick, and then it's his opportunity to lose to be a part of the future of that organization. Yep. It's it's uh, I I feel for old Garoppolo, but that that's a good situation to be in if you're John Lynch and the 49ers. Yeah, I don't actually feel for him at all. I mean, he's going to make <laughs> yeah, 25, 25, make, 25 million yeah, reasons get, to feel pretty good about the situation. Yeah, yeah. He's get 25 million dollars, <laughs> yeah. and his whole thing with New England has been, look, I just want to play. Right. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, let's be honest, he hasn't earned a five-year, $100 million contract. Completely agree with that. He's played two games. Yeah. And if that's what he's looking for, if that's what he's looking for, then this is exactly the right move to make if you're San Fran. And C.J. Beathard, by the way, I don't know if that guy's ever a starter in the NFL, but he he looks like he's at least a high-quality backup. So the 49ers, again, you're going to end up with a really good draft pick. (laughs) You've got your quarterback. Let me give you this. You've got your backup quarterback. You've got tons of cap space. They are, again, we keep saying it, this is the warmest, fuzziest, 
good feeling vibes one in ten team that's ever lived. I completely agree with you, and and also think about what they had to trade to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Bethard's playing; he's starting. He's looking okay after Hoyer was dispatched. Okay. That's a pretty good situation. When are we going to see Jimmy G? doesn't really matter. If you franchise him, you spend a second rounder to get him, you're not locked into a five-year mega contract with Jimmy G. Plus, you could spin off Bethard for your second rounder back. Well, if you even need to. Remember, they've got half the Bears' early draft picks coming up in this draft in addition to their own because they went down one spot yeah. when the Bears wanted Trubisky last year. So uh, they're in a phenomenal situation. Um, so are the Patriots on the move again against the Dolphins and already leading 21-10. to 10. There's a massive moment that's about to take place in Kansas City. We'll tell you about that coming up next with Rich Ornberger, Mark Willard. It's Red Zone Radio. Hey, sports fans, this is the world champion handicapper Jeff Allen from Las Vegas. Late game update against the spread. Got a free winner coming up. New Orleans at L.A. in just a second. But how about Jeff Allen Sports? 9-1 this week, 90% winners. And we close the turkey shoot weekend with another lock winner in nine days of best bets for free. That's right, nine days of winners for free on the toll-free message phone. Call 1-800-870-2283. Jeff Allen Sports, number one against the spread. I'll prove it. NFL lock of the year, plus six best bets. You're going 7-0 free, toll-free on the message phone. Call 1-800-870-2283. New Orleans at L.A. It's a big game in the NFC. Breeze continued his assault. 385 yards last week. The ground game averaging 150 the last three. Goff and the Rams back to earth as I predicted. The Vikings would shut them down. Gurley just 37 yards rushing. The technicals here. New Orleans 8-1 against the number off the win. Rams 4-1 against the spread last five. New Orleans 7-3 over versus the NFC. Rams 5-0 over off the loss. I like the over for a small play. The big play is guaranteed to win. NFL super locked by 21 points. Six best bets, 7-0 free, toll-free message. 1-800-870-2283. My guarantee is this. Nine days of winners yours free. You call right now. 1-800-870-2283. today. Monday night, you got Houston, Baltimore. Next week, Washington, Dallas. You got championship Saturday. Nine days of winners for free. 1-800-870-2283. Are you tired of losing? Let me build your bankroll for free. A $200 player wins $4,000 this week. Call right now. 1-800-870-2283. free or the season free. 1-800-870-2283. Or go to VegasCovers.com. All right, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So I had mentioned that a big moment was coming up in Kansas City. Why? Because the Chiefs had the ball just shy of midfield, their best field position start of the day. In five previous possessions, they had not even so much as gotten a first down. Yep. Rich, they have achieved a first down. I'm really proud of them. Now, they only got one of them, and it was a big one, so it did turn into a field goal. 10-3, to three, Buffalo leads the Chiefs. Buffalo now has the ball back. Minute 44 to go until the half. However, uh, that one first down and getting some points on the board, uh, I, you know, momentarily maybe calms Chiefs fan down a little bit, um, but something is uh, is very, very out of sync 
Kareem Hunt wasn't even on the field during that drive. Um, it, it, it's funny. Something went from they've got all these cool gadgets and keep you guessing to now like they're the ones who look like they're guessing. Like they've lost they, they they've lost that that dynamic of somebody not knowing what's coming. It's momentum. Uh, it's so important in in all sports, but football when you get into a, a slide, it is so difficult to pull yourself out of it. I mean, look no further than the Cleveland Browns. They've been in about a decade-long slide, maybe longer. It's just very difficult to change the pace of inertia when when you're playing football because you need 11 guys on either side of the football to do the right thing on every single play because all it takes is one guy, one out of the other 10 players who are on the field with him to screw something up and the whole thing goes to hell. And you just saw in that, that, that previous drive with the Chiefs, they elect to kick the field goal. Or they had Travis Kelsey streaking wide open down the middle of the field. Alex Smith may not have had time, may not have seen him, but you know what's going to happen. I don't know if you saw the show catching Kelsey, but that's not a particularly mature human being. Like <laughs> all of a sudden, right. when you're a receiver right. or a tight end who's highlighted, featured in an offense, and you're having opportunities where you're wide open and not getting found, I mean, you'll have the situation with the Allen uh, Bortles guy in camp. Uh, you, 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 well, you know, like throw it in bounds what are we doing right, like I, that's sure, what, sure. so I, I mean it's not going to take long before kelsey's going to start chirping and you're going to have a real problem on your hands falcons at a field goal right before the half so they go to the break with a lead on tampa of 20 to 6 falcons quietly with that big monday night win against seattle looks like they're on their way to another victory again falcons very quietly still very much a part of this picture and that nfc south you know, no one was saying this before the season. That's the division that has stepped up and grabbed the title of best division in football, hasn't it? All of a sudden, that Southern division is scary. I mean, if you look at the Saints, if you look at the Falcons, they could be 7-4 and four by the end of the, the day here. I mean, that's that's a real – you know what? The whole conference is real. Yep. I mean, it's driving me nuts thinking about if you're, if you're looking to sneak in as an NFC team – Good luck. The Eagles are nine and one. The Rams are seven and three. The Vikings are nine and two. The Saints are eight and two. In that division, you have a seven and three Panthers and close to being a seven and four Falcons at halftime. I, I mean, it is clogged up there. So teams looking to make a late run, like the Seahawks, who need to win at 49ers today, I, it, it's getting congested for the wild card. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, uh, the teams in the NFC where you can say, like, okay, let, let's take a week off. We're playing. Uh, so and so, sure. Uh, New York Giants, although you know, last few weeks they've been a little bit more competitive. They beat the Chiefs last week. They hung in there with the Redskins on Thanksgiving night all the way until the end. Forty ers one and nine, but they too usually are playing competitive games. They make you work at least. Um, and then uh, what? What you have the Bears? Uh, they're three and seven. Outside of that, you got a couple four and six teams in the Cardinals and the Bucks. But, like, everybody can can be a problem on any given Sunday in the NFC. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, 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 look at, I look at the NFC conference and I think, okay, division leaders, you're safe. But if you're looking to make a late run, you're going to have to be a 10-win football team. There's going to be no, like, oh, well, maybe if we get to 9-7 in this team, that's just there's too much inertia yep. with some of these second-place teams. So, I, yeah, I don't see that being the case. And the Falcons making a case for themselves to potentially, 
uh, get themselves into the conversation of returning to the Super Bowl? I well, mean, look, late runs, that's exactly what you need to be taken seriously. We saw that, speaking of the NFC, with the Giants uh, in 2012, I yep. believe it was. They were off to a rough start, got the ship right, beat the Patriots twice down the stretch, and one of them was for a Super Bowl win. Well, you remember when you look at the NFC the way it will likely play out. Now, obviously, there's a lot of season left, but if you look at the Eagles as a potential one seed, I mean, they've only got a half-game lead on the Vikings. The Vikings are in this conversation. We'll see what the Saints and Rams do against one another later today. So one of them is going to get pegged with a loss. The top wildcard contenders for those two spots would be Carolina, Atlanta, and Seattle at this particular moment. But to your point, those wild card teams, what if those wild card teams are quarterbacked by Cam Newton, been to a Super Bowl? Yep. Russell Wilson, been to Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan, been to a Super Bowl. Those are the teams that will be chasing these pups outside of Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. But, they, I mean, Carson Wentz, Case Keenum, and Jared Goff, guys who have never even, you know, can barely buy beer, and they're going to be the host playoff teams. I got no idea how that'll play I out. I mean, Case Keenum hasn't seen this much success quarterbacking since he was a cougar. You know, he was he was a Houstonian in college. Like, this guy, this guy's special. Uh, and and you're getting an opportunity to see a guy who's had a bunch of years under his belt now in the league uh, uh, blossom in a system that fits him with a defense that's roaring in the NFC North. Uh, that's that's a real thing happening. Carson Wentz, same thing. We just saw him evade the rush about a half hour ago and looked as natural as a as a runner with the football in his hands as anybody we see on Sundays. Uh, and like you said, Jared Goff. What a what a what a difference a year can make, and, and the difference Sean McVay can make with an offense that looked completely lost. You bring in Sullivan at center. You bring in Whitworth. That offensive line improves. You add some additional tools, basically taking away all the skill position players from Buffalo and using them to your full advantage with Golf in that offense. And that defense is playing inspired. The NFC is a scary place to live if you're chasing a wild card, or even if you're one of the one of the the few greats at the top of your division because you're getting chased by Super Bowl contenders, like you mentioned, Mark. Now that that's that's a great conference this year, and there's been a shift. It feels like the AFC is falling behind, especially in the West. What are we seeing happening oh, to the Chiefs? Right. Uh, what we're seeing happening to the Denver Broncos, who have been. Uh, uh, awful this year. The Raiders, I mean, I called it at the beginning of the season. They looked like a prop city to me. They were winning too many close games last year. They were they were really just an offensive juggernaut, no defense, and nothing's changed. They, they just stink. There's a long way to go before we get there, but when you look at the AFC right now, it's almost hard to not imagine the Patriots and Steelers being in the AFC title game. Of course. I don't even know what else is even really all that threatening. The Chiefs look like a house of cards. The Chargers are interesting. They're on the come, but let's see, because they usually ruin every good thing that's going on there. The Jags are 7-3, and three, but how scary are they going to be in January? They don't even really have a quarterback. Your wildcard contenders, Tennessee, Baltimore, Buffalo, are any of those teams going to go on the road and beat Brady or Roethlisberger in the playoffs? I doubt it. So there's a lot that's still going to happen between now and January. you got the whole month of December to play out. But that AFC looks like, let's just skip to the Patriots-Steelers game. Winner will go to the Super Bowl. The NFC, however, looks like it is going to be just lit from the get-go. So uh, more on that coming up. 
A uh, few scoreboard updates to pass along. We'll have Gascon jump in here and do that right now. Let's get Dave in as Week 12 is starting to reach halftime in most of these cities. Yeah, and we'll start things off with the Atlanta-Tampa Bay game, and in particular, one wide receiver. Muhammad Sanu in the gun with Coleman to his left. Sanu juggled it, now going to throw it. Tee it up for Julio Jones. Julio's there, and it's caught. Touchdown, Atlanta. Sanu. Oh, my goodness. He bobbles the snap on it. He actually bobbles the ball after the play fake. They've been running zone read out of this play. He fakes the Coleman, and Coleman's right hip actually knocks the ball out of Sanu's hands. Sanu's able to reseat the football and throws it about 55 yards in the air. To Julio Jones for the touchdown. Falcons Radio Network, just in one half alone, Jones has six receptions, 138 yards, and two scores. Atlanta having zero problems with Tampa. It's 20-6. to Ballgame is at the half, and it's also on Fox. Bengals leading the Browns, 16-6. to Deshaun Kaiser came back into the ballgame after being treated for a possible concussion. At the half, half Bills leading the Chiefs, 13-3. to Titans and Colts. And I don't know what's wrong with Marcus Mariota. He's throwing two interceptions so far in this ballgame. And Indy leads at home 13-6 in that one. Patriots and Dolphins. Just outside the goal line, Devlin squatting at a three-point stance. The fullback for Burkhead. Now Gronk will detach, flexing right as Allen shifts to the right. Burkhead motioning left to the slot. Brady drops back, looking left. Throws it for Burkhead. Leaps. Comes down with it. Touchdown, Patriots! Patriots Radio Network, they lead 21-10 at the half. Panthers leading the Jets 12-10. Robbie Anderson with a touchdown reception. That's now five straight games. The TD grab for him. Eagles just scored yet again. Carson Wentz. Alshon Jeffrey from eight yards out. He's 15-22 for a buck 52. Three TD passes, 24-0 over the Chicago Bears with five seconds to play in the second quarter. Guys, in college football, a couple quick notes. Arizona State said goodbye to Todd Graham. Yahoo Sports is reporting Florida looking at Mississippi's Dan Mullen. And also Greg Schiano could be the new head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. That's according to Dan Wolken of USA Today. All right. That's uh, good stuff. Interesting time of year in the college ranks for sure. Uh, we're live. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier. Gascon was just mentioning those Philadelphia Eagles. The route is on at home against Chicago. It is 24 to nothing. Three three different receivers <laughs> have touchdowns. Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Algalar. They're all in. Eagles 24, Bears nothing. And look, again, December will tell the story. But as much as Tom Brady is wildly impressive, and as much as there's kind of a LeBron James factor there where you're like, you should just give him the MVP every year. Why do we look so hard? I'm sorry. The whole season is the whole season. The record back at the beginning does matter as much as it does now. Carson Wentz is my MVP of the NFL if we were voting on this right now over Tom Brady. He's been so unbelievably impressive. It, again, it's really that LeBron James thing. Like I've heard you say so many times, it, you, you could say Tom Brady wins it every year, and that would be fair, I would say. But still, this guy is just a can of kick-ass every time he has the ball in his hand. He's either throwing for a touchdown, he's rushing for one, he's making people look foolish, he's doing the Houdini act, evading sacks and tackles. I mean, Carson Wentz can really do it all, and he's doing it at such a high level so consistently 
it's impossible to ignore. But to speak on the NFC in total, like we mentioned with Goff and Keenum and Wentz and Cam and Matt Ryan and the whole gang at quarterback, it's just that's the reason why you give that conference so much more credit this season. Because, yeah, well, you have Brady and Roethlisberger and the AFC still holding it down with really solid quarterback play. I'm not scared of a Mariota. I'm not worried about a Flacco. Blake Portals. A Dalton. Like, these guys, I mean, we've seen them so many times before either give up games when you need it or not win in the postseason. Alex Smith comes to mind. Yep. So, I mean, yes, you have a Phillip Rivers who looks excellent on Thanksgiving Day, his first of all time throwing for over 400 yards in that expose. It really looked fantastic. But I'm much more scared of the NFC quarterbacking than I am the AFC, and that's the first time I can comfortably say that in a very, very long time. Well, think about the potential uh, matchups that you're going to see in January, and it is that classic changing of the guard moment, right? You might have, like you will today, later today in L.A., Drew Brees versus Jared Goff. Yeah. You might have Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz, and those are beautiful because it's going to be – Guys who have been there, guys who have been MVPs of the National Football League, guys who have been MVPs of the Super Bowl before, going up against guys who've never done this before, but the guys who've never done this before could be the home team with the better record (laughs) and the favored team. You know, like that's going to be fascinating stuff. So the NFC is dripping with interest. The AFC is just dripping. Let's go right back. To where we started our conversation today, you heard Gascon say it. Marcus Mariota against a Colts defense that isn't scaring anybody. Today is 6 of 10 for 98 yards and two interceptions. That's coming off of a four-interception performance in Pittsburgh a week and a half ago. Wenson Goff doing what they're doing at the top of the draft. Let's go back the year before. Mariota and Winston. One guy is hurt and dealing with lawyers. The other guy is on an absolute interception spree right now. And because Wentz and Goff are doing what they're doing so quickly, it makes Mariota and Winston look even worse. Because in today's NFL, year three is plenty of time. Like, you should be oh, yeah. you should be producing by now. Absolutely. Year 3 is when it should all click. If you remain in the same offense with the same coordinators by and large running similar plays, similar verbiage, you should not have this much of a struggle to to handle the 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 play at that point. You are who you are. You know what I mean? Like you you you're a great quarterback in in college uh and you have a quick mind, you'll probably make an easier transition. Now, look, Mariota, the jury's still out. And so that's not a good feeling at year three if you're the head coach of that football team or the general manager going, so when when are we going to see the, the, the crop come in? Um, last week when they played against the Pittsburgh Steelers and got absolutely depanced 40-17, to 17, I said to you leading into that week, I was like, this could be a changing of the guard moment for Roethlisberger and Mariota in the AFC because we've seen – We've seen some poor play out of Roethlisberger. We've heard some press clippings of him speaking about retirement, a five-interception game. He's had a rough patch during the early goings of this season. So you could make the argument, maybe Marcus Mariota is the future of the AFC. This could be a turning point moment. And he gets absolutely thrashed by that pass rush. Yep. The, the, the offensive line did him no favors, but he threw a bunch of picks and he looked 
He really struggled. He looked uncomfortable the whole day. So, yeah, year three, if it ain't working, it may not work. All of a sudden, you get into Tannehill business where Miami has been waiting and waiting and waiting. That's a great point. I think both of those quarterbacks, uh, Tannehill is a good kind of measuring stick or comp, if you will, uh, you know, start of next year. If you're not starting to see something, Winston dealing with injury. Mariota's team is still six and four. Everything hasn't fallen apart, but he's certainly in a uh, down valley as of right now. All right, the second half of the early session is getting underway. We'll get you set for that. Fantasy football ticker next as well. And Cam Newton scored a touchdown in the first half. And something interesting happened during the celebration. We'll tell you about that coming up next, Reds on Red. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studio, second half underway. Here comes this vaunted Chiefs offense. Look at them. They're going backwards again. Oh, my goodness. First and 15, and they lose like seven yards. That, I mean, I, 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 I don't even know what to do with them. They're, they're, they're a hot mess. Um, interesting little something that happened in New York. Panthers, Jets. Yeah. Carolina leads 12 to 10 at halftime. This is curious music. Yes, Go on. it is. Cam Newton with a nice little bootleg fake, and he runs in for a score. Well, crowds. And Cam Newton, when Cam Newton scores, Cam Newton's going to celebrate because that's that's what Cam Newton does. Cam's going to find him a camera, and he's going to breathe that hot breath all over it. I mentioned earlier, defensive players do not like celebrating quarterbacks. No, they do not. And the reason they especially don't like celebrating quarterbacks is they feel like the whole football world is now slanted to help the quarterback. Yes. And so it's all you have all the advantages and then when you score you're going to dance and celebrate on us. It's like hold on a second. So he gets into the end zone and he starts to here comes the superman. He's pulling the shirt apart and one of the Jets defenders he actually reached in there and grabbed the hand of Superman. They pulled it back together. So no no no. You're not opening up that Superman chest, Cam. <laughs> and uh, and so that became a little thing there in the end zone for a minute. Cam wasn't too happy about it. The Jets weren't too happy about it either. Well, and I'll say this about Cam Newton. He complains constantly about how physical the game is for him. And, you know, he, he I, I remember that it came to a point where people were like, is this a race issue? Like, is is he getting battered because he's a black quarterback in the NFL? That's how bad it was. And I was like, no, that no, no. This isn't. This has nothing to do with that. What this has to do with is the fact that you slide and you jump to your feet and you dab on a guy, and it's like, well, look, bud, I could have absolutely lit you up, but the rules say I can't anymore. Right. So if you're in the pocket or if you're outside the pocket but still looking to throw it downfield, how many of those linebackers and defensive linemen are licking their chops to make him pay? Because what he's doing is basically asking for it. I, you're right, Mark. I, I, I really do feel like that's, that's causing him to get, get, get smacked around the yard when he goes out there doing stuff well, like it's that. Well, it's a size issue, too, in my opinion. There's a little bit of a Shaquille O'Neal effect sure. uh, that, that, that goes on here, Shaq. Uh, refs never yeah, called stuff. Guys are hanging on him, but they're like, "Wow, but you're huge." <laughs> Same thing with Cam. Like he's bigger than the linebackers. It's Hacka Shack and Bama Cam. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't Bam help yourself. That, That's right. All right, um, Travis Kelsey on a third and twelve gains a big one over the middle. Oh my gosh! It's the second first down of the day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Uh, they're still in their own territory. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, that's actually what Travis Kelsey is doing. He's, yeah. he's bowing. He's uh, he's allowed to celebrate. Uh, he's a tight end. All right, Mark Willard, Rich Ornberger, Red Zone Radio. Let's do the fantasy football ticker, shall we? Time for the Fox Sports Fantasy Ticker. All right, you know the rules. I'm going to read the top scores of the day. And when I get to one of yours, you have yourself a little party, okay? Top scorer of the day so far, Julio Jones. Seven catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns, one rush for 15 yards. Julio Jones is looking like a first-round fantasy draft pick today, finally. Yeah, happy for you, Julio. Really good job. (laughs) All right, so that's not you. All right, uh, Carson Wentz. 152 yards through the air. Three touchdown throws. He's also got 27 yards on the ground uh, for over 20 points. Carson Wentz, top quarterback of the day. He's a weapon. Yeah, he is a weapon, absolutely. (laughs) And one of his receivers uh, is on the list as well. Zach Ertz, six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Let's go to another tight end. Rob Gronkowski, four catches, 67 yards, and a tug. Rex Burkhead barely has any touches. But two of them have gone four touchdowns. Six carries, 34 yards, and a score. One catch, one yard, and a score. Rex Burkhead having himself a day. Robbie Anderson, four catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey, five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Where the hell are you on this one, Rich? uh, What's going on here? The draft isn't working out for me. All right, so I'll keep going. Week 12, you know. Joe Mixon. 14 carries, 68 yards, three catches, 51 yards. You didn't draft Joe Mixon this year? Joe Mixon, I got him on one of these teams. He's on the bench, guys. Okay, all right. Mohamed Sanu, just four catches for 44 yards. Why is he a top fantasy performer? Because he threw the ball one time for 51 yards and a score to Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu. Really disappointing. Having himself a day. And how about Andy Dalton, 157 yards and a score, plus 28 yards rushing. That's that's about as far as I can go. Oh, Andy Dalton has added to it a couple of scores now, um, and so uh, the Bengals continue to extend on the Browns. See, so you got none of them. Yeah, this is um, it's going to be a tough Hello, week. I think. Darkness yeah, no, smoke. I think this is appropriate. I wow. think I'm going to handle it. Okay, I'm going to handle it. Okay. <laughs> it's early. I've had bad weeks of fantasy it's, before. It's early. The Chiefs are in the red zone. The Chiefs are in the end zone. The Chiefs. The Chiefs are in the end zone, and um, the Chiefs are in the end zone. And I, Alex Smith, on 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 my fantasy squad today. Wow, look at that! Now we have a, uh, yeah, no, it's a we yeah. have a conducted um, it's a celebration in the it's end zone. Selfie. Albert Wilson, nineteen yards. The Chiefs, hot knife through butter. Uh, boy, I knew this offense would get it going here at some point. Yeah, this you is, know, yeah. The, the problem this is, is who he throw, threw it to. It would come off the fantasy ticker, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Kelsey well, for the win. No. There's, actually, there's Kelsey. Yeah. They used him as a decoy. He's just standing in the corner with his arms raised, so he's happy. Yeah, no, no. That's, uh, that I wish happy. they would have found 87 with that football there. It would have helped me on the old uh, ticker. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. unfortunate. But, but fortunate for the, the Chiefs, who have come back to life in this half, it's now 13-10 after, 13-10. after the point goes straight. That's right. That's right. Ring the bells. The Chiefs are on the board. They trail 13-10. to 10. I'm going to put you in a corner right now, AFC West. Yeah. I said to you, in fact, earlier this week, if the Chargers win on Thanksgiving and the Chiefs somehow lose to the Bills, I'm going Chargers in the AFC West. This game's not over yet. However, <laughs> 
right now who wins the AFC West? Right now, I want to hear it. It's still the Chiefs because the Chargers still have to beat these guys later in the season. In, that in Kansas City, that is the turning point game for the AFC West because the Chiefs have a comfy lead. Even if the Chargers improve to six and six, it's tough to move, man. You're playing every game on the road because that StubHub Center still still feels like foreign territory. If they get to eight and eight on the year, that is a win, 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 win. Considering they started zero well, four, they're going. They're they're six and six. I already considered. Don't like. Don't get <laughs> caught into this hole. The Chargers are still have a losing record. No, they they lost to the Browns last no. year. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying. The Browns are at StubHub next week. The Chargers have already won that game. They are six and six with four games to go. And if the Chiefs lose this one, they're six and five. The one good thing the Chargers have going for them, which every team hopes for, is having ten game, uh, ten days to prepare for the Browns. Because it, I mean, you know, you need a little extra time. It's almost too much time to prepare for the Browns. That's a good point. Do like, not the Chargers might this. get to Tuesday morning, and they're like, Coach. We got it. Like, yeah. it's, we're, we're all Second set. Second bye week. We're all going to Aruba. <laughs> we're all set. We really don't need to talk this out anymore. Uh, Falcons opening drive score in the second half, 27-6 to six on that one. That's a Tevin Coleman touchdown run. And, indeed, the Bengals have extended on the Browns 23-6. to six. Andy Dalton with another touchdown throw. This one went uh, to uh, Tyler Boyd. So we've already got Tyler Croft. You've got Tyler Boyd. If your first name is Tyler, you've got a touchdown catch in Cincinnati today. 23-6, to the Browns on their way to going 0-11. Halftime for our show. The morning session of Week 12 unfolds right in front of your ears. Coming up, Bob Gronkowski has his second touchdown catch of the game. The Patriots are just toying with the Dolphins. The Eagles offense is about to make its second-half debut performance and all the good things we've seen about Carson Wentz this year, they've been on display in a microcosm way in this game. He looks absolutely fantastic. The Eagles lead the Bears 24-3. to Red Zone Radio, glad you're with us for Week 12. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. And coming up shortly, Jeff Allen from Vegas will join in with a free selection. Chiefs offense about to get back on the field. Bills get a field goal, extend their lead there 16-10. to The Colts have extended their lead on the Titans 16-6. to Remember, Titans went up 6-0. It's been 16 unanswered points for the Colts since then. Marcus Mariota's turned the ball over twice. And I would say uh, that the concern level for that team and that player is um, is at a pretty high level right now, considering six and four. Now a game behind the Jags in the standings there, and Mariota looks like he's losing confidence by the week. Yeah, you know the the jury is out on what Mariota is because what they did throughout the draft since they've gotten him is really cemented that offensive line with Jack Conklin, big Michigan State Big Ten line lineman Taylor Lewin on the opposite Luan to opposite side, another Big Ten lineman. First rounder. I mean, you got plenty of hosses in front of you. Uh, they didn't do a great job against the Steelers pass rush last week, but if if you don't if you don't start having success and you have a good running game and you have a good offensive line, and the issue is you're throwing too many picks or you're not throwing guys open or you're not developing as fast, you don't have a handle on the offense. Year three, 
all of a sudden coaches, general managers start going, well, geez, you know, we're, we're doing the right thing around this guy, but really, why is it not working? The common denominator becomes awful, awful curious, and, and the quarterback position starts, uh, starts uh, coming under fire. So Mariota's in a prove-it year here. At year three. Dolphins down 28-10, to 10, and there's an injury timeout on the field, and that is Damian Williams, who's one of the two guys that's taken over the backfield after the Jay Ajayi trade. It's a pretty even split between Williams and Kenyon Drake. Uh, Williams right now is down on the field and being tended to. Timeout on the field, so we will keep you up to date on that one. Also, quietly a game that's got a lot of playoff implication, uh, in, you know, implications that we haven't talked a whole lot about today is the Panthers struggling to shake free of the Jets. They're only up 12-10 to 10 in this game. The Jets, more often than not, week to week, while not a great team, they will put up a fight. They'll make things difficult on you, and that's happening to the Panthers right now. Cam Newton, 7 of 19 for only 86 yards. That offense, uh, while Christian McCaffrey's got a nice rushing day going, 60 yards on only six carries, uh, for the most part, they're having a hard time getting their engines turning. Well, and the Panthers, they go as Cam Newton goes, and it's been like this for years. When Cam's hot, they look great. When Cam's not having a good day, all of a sudden they really start to struggle. And that's what's happening today. I mean, when when you're only sacked twice and you have numbers like that, unless the rush has been getting there and you've been able to throw the ball away or survive for another down and that's the reason for it, the numbers reflect out where when Cam's having a bad day, it, it it really pours on the Carolina Panthers. They they're not a very good complementary football team. It seems like each unit either has a good day or a bad day opposite each other as opposed to all together. So I, you know it's 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 like we're talking about uh, 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 Mariota. Same thing with Cam. The common denominator is most of their losses. It's not like he's throwing the ball around the yard and lighting up the the box score. It usually means that Cam struggled that day. While we're in that division, let's take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. And you know that narratives during an NFL season get built all the time, and people are like, "Oh my goodness!" Like this team's either done or this team's on a hot streak or whatever it may be. Uh, I, I look at the Atlanta Falcons right now as actually a pretty healthy situation. It's not one that's been talked about as very healthy uh, throughout the year. By the way, updating Damian Williams, leaving that game on a cart. So uh, Kenyon Drake, it's going to be his show in the backfield now for the Miami Dolphins. They trail New England 28-10. to But the Falcons, because they're coming off that Super Bowl performance, um, because they had a few losses early, I think a lot of people kind of wrote them off. But a road win at Seattle on a Monday night – followed by coming back to do what they're going to do here against the Tampa Bay Bucks, get themselves another victory. They're going to be right in the thick of this thing. We don't know what's going to happen with New Orleans later today. they got a hard game uh, against the Rams. We know that the Panthers are struggling to shake free of the Jets right now. The Falcons, who I feel like most people have been like, no, that's not the team this year, still very alive in the NFC. Well, and I think a lot of people when Kyle Shanahan left after the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, obviously didn't have a lot of belief that Steve Sarkeesian was going to be able to replicate the success they had. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, maybe they'd have early struggles, but they'd probably get things sorted out. It's a new voice. It's different. I get all that. But if it's the same offense, these guys are familiar. And if you're able to withstand the attrition part of this game, which is not get injured, keep an offensive line intact, have all your role players and skill positions healthy down the stretch, which they do, 
This is a team that could come on late. They're sort of built for that. And so far, 27-13 against the Bucs. Yep. Uh, look, a home victory here puts them right back in the discussion. couple turnovers to tell you about. One, the very first carry for Kenyon Drake after Damian Williams leaves the field on a cart. He fumbles. Patriots pick it up. They've got the 18-point lead and the ball. Also, the Titans got a red zone turnover against the Colts and got exactly what they needed. They turned that into points. Marcus Mariota hits Delaney Walker for a touchdown. Suddenly, that's a field goal game in Indianapolis, 16-13. to And it's another team that, by the way, if they could somehow grind out a victory today, well, uh, as much as we've just sit here, uh, you know, sat here and talked about how we don't see this as a big-time playoff team, Mariota's really struggling, if they could somehow grind out a win today, they're 7-4. and Oh, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Mariota, to me is a regular season quarterback so far. We haven't seen what he can do in the playoffs. We don't know what he has in store come January. So it's really a curious situation. The Colts are so pesky in that division. I mean, they do this all the time. When the Texans were good, they'd make runs at them. I mean, the same situation here. I I, I really, I look at the Indianapolis Colts as Giants killers. Like, they'll they'll wait until somebody has a good thing going, and then they'll play their best football. Uh, It's it's really it's really an interesting situation going on in Indianapolis and in a in a division so depleted of star power at quarterback you wonder the future of of Andrew Luck you wonder what we see in year 2 with Deshaun Watson and then likewise uh, is it ever going to happen in Tennessee I, I'm I'm curious to see what the end result of this story with Marcus Mariota is because, like we said, clock's ticking. You look at Wentz and Goff, it's looking good at 1-2. and two. Jameis and Marcus Mariota at 1-2 and two a year before that, not as good. Not looking nearly as good. Exactly right. And I still, I still wonder sometimes, you look at the Jags and the Titans, at least one of them is going to go to the playoffs. Heck, if not both of them, who knows? Um, but sometimes I wonder when you look at that, do we not see them as viable playoff threats because we just didn't think they were going to be at the beginning of the season? We're not used to seeing those logos do anything come January. No. Or, or I mean, one of them is going to host a playoff game. I get it. One, I get of, them, it. one of them is yes. going to host a playoff game, and it's going to be against a wild card team that, by the way, probably doesn't scare you that much either. I mean, right now we're looking at a Buffalo or a Baltimore or a Chargers. It's a game that not only they would host, they might win. Uh, but then, then as it looks now, off on the road they go to either Foxborough or Pittsburgh. It's not necessarily the logos, but let's be very realistic. We haven't seen one of those teams in the AFC South win since Peyton Manning. Okay? Right. I mean, like, like what, what winning have they done? And then all of a sudden this season, yeah, you could say Marcus Mariota and that name carries some cachet. But let's be realistic. They are depleted of any star power quarterback. So when you think of a postseason, when you think of the names that often win Super Bowls, it's the Brady's, it's the Breezes, it's the Roethlisberger's, it's the Ryan's, or Ryan hasn't won one yet, but you know what I mean. These are the guys in contention for Super Bowls. Uh, uh, Cam Newton. Like, there is no star power left in that division, so that's the reason why nobody's afraid of him in the postseason because you need a great quarterback or great quarterback play to typically win anything other than a first-round wild card? No, I mean, you need that. Josh McCown to Robbie Anderson for the second time today. And the Jets, indeed, do have the lead on Carolina, 541 to go third quarter. That is a 16-12 to lead. However, play is under review. So we will wait and see on that. 
Big third and one coming up for Buffalo in Kansas City. Tyrod Taylor's going to roll out. He's under pressure. He's going to get sacked. The Chiefs get exactly what they needed, which is get the ball back. That game is moving real quick. 3.20 to go. Third quarter, Buffalo still up, but 16-10. to 10, And I just don't even think you can overstate uh, the fourth quarter plus three minutes that's left in that football game and the effect it has on the entire AFC West after what the Chargers did to the Cowboys, knowing that the Raiders are playing the Broncos later today. So one of them will get a win, uh, but only one of them. Uh, and, 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 you know, if it were the Raiders, by the way, and Buffalo holds on here, all of a sudden in the AFC West, <laughs> you get three teams within one spot of, or within one game of, of first place. For different reasons this season than it was a season ago, the AFC West remains one of the most competitive divisions and consistently exciting divisions to watch because you never know what's going to happen at this point. Last season, tons of competitive play. The Raiders looked unreal. Derek Carr dealing. Uh, Kansas City, uh, they they looked unstoppable. Juggernaut. Uh, the Chargers stunk. But really, I mean, the Denver Broncos had a chance until the quarterback play caught up with them. So an exciting division, an exciting preseason looking forward to this next season. And due to poor play all around, basically, it's even. So when you have an opportunity for any team to emerge, I mean, if the Dolphins beat the or excuse me, the Denver Broncos beat the Raiders, all of a sudden they even can sneak into the conversation. It's bonkers. It doesn't make any sense. No, yeah, it's competitive division. Well, especially when one of the teams was five and zero at one yeah. point. That touchdown in New York is confirmed for Robbie Anderson. That's right. Or put an S on it and give him a lead. Seventeen to twelve. They lead Carolina down the stretch. We got some close games. Stick with us, Red Zone Radio. Hey, sports fans, this is the world champion handicapper Jeff Allen from Las Vegas. Late game update against the spread. Got a free winner coming up. Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Just a second. But how about Jeff Allen Sports? Nine and one this week, 90% winners. We close out the turkey shoot weekend with another super lock winner and nine days of best bets for free. That's right, nine days of winners for free on the message phone. Call 1-800-870-2283. Jeff Allen Sports, number one against the spread. I'll prove it. NFL Super Lock, Game of the Year information, plus six best bets, 7-0 free, toll-free message. 1-800-870-2283. Green Bay at Pittsburgh. The Pack uh, shut out last week. Five turnovers, not going to get it done. Defense has been strong versus the run for Pittsburgh. Ten days to get ready. Uh, we had him to blow out Tennessee, and Bennett had a solid game, four touchdowns. Antonio Brown was unstoppable. Technicals here, Green Bay 13-4 over last 17. Pittsburgh 35-15 under the last 50 games. Players, forget about the stats and trenchers. This game is all information. I've got it. It's part of my Monster 7-0 Sunday. Yours free on the message phone. Call 1-800-870-2283. My games are documented. Number one against the spread. I'm going to give you nine days of winners for free. You call right now. 1-800-870-2283. NFL Superlock by 21. 7-0 today. 7-0 free. Monday night, you got Houston, Baltimore. Big game Thursday, Washington, Jals. You got championship Saturday, nine days. Nine days of guaranteed winners, toll-free message. 1-800-870-2283. Are you tired of losing? I will crush your man. 200-hour player can win 4000 this week. It starts today, 7-0 free, NFL lock free, or the season free. 
1-800-870-2283. Sponsored by VegasCovers.com. That's VegasCovers.com. All right, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Mark Willard, Rich Ornberger, Red Zone Radio, Fox Sports Radio. Glad you're with us. Here we go down the stretch on these early games. And a few of them that we had given up on have become close again. Namely, Atlanta hosting Tampa. I think already at least three times we've given Atlanta a victory already on this show yeah. today. Yeah. Um, however, there's 1347 left to go. And for the second time today, somebody who goes by the name of Peyton Barber. Somebody who's who? named Peyton Barber, who has five carries today. Never heard of him. For seven yards. And two touchdowns. I and know. He, he goes <laughs> I, in, I, I and we got ourselves a seven-point game uh, early fourth quarter. And, you know, another name that we're not used to staying attached to any sort of success in the league anymore is Ryan Fitzpatrick, yep. who at this point is on a 2-0 and run, filling in for an injured Jameis Winston and also a Jameis Winston with some uh, accusations against him that may hem him up for a couple more weeks after his shoulder gets healthy, just had a PRP injection which is supposed to give you that that spun blood platelet rich you know let's get some swelling <laughs> plasma yeah, yeah let's yeah. get some healthy swelling or whatever the nonsense it's is that blood moving yeah. yeah so you have Ryan Fitzpatrick in there which a while back in Buffalo he wasn't a good quarterback he was a really good quarterback for mm. the Buffalo Bills a good it year for the Jets two years ago stretch where he was actually doing some really good things in his career and then it kind of hit the skids in New York and obviously since then Tampa Bay backup. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's looked good this season. He's, I mean, he's completing, he's completing a bunch of passes. He's looking poised in the pocket. He's looking like what this offense has been missing. And it's weird to think because you said, Jameis Winston, yeah, you know, year three, it's starting to shape out. The picture's starting to look good. And then you see a different guy at the range. You're like, well, that guy kind of looks better with this guy. Right. Yeah, right. so I don't know if it's necessarily that he's not fitting that offense or Ryan Fitzpatrick just happens to fit it better, but all of a sudden, this Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Buccaneers team is playing with a renewed sense of self-confidence, and they're making a run here in Atlanta. Well, he hasn't turned the ball over. He's got 200 yards through the air today, and, and they're right there. Now, the Falcons are already back in Bucks territory and have the 27-20 lead. Why do you draft Julio Jones earlier in your fantasy league? Because at least two or three times a year, He'll go out and win your game for you. Oh, yeah. So today is that day uh, for Julio Jones, who has really struggled at times this year. Injuries have been a problem, and that's kind of become the norm as well. But today, 10 catches, 220 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, that doubles his entire season total. He had only had one touchdown up until today. Two today, 220 yards. He is absolutely going off, He's and uh, he is. And the Falcons lead 27-20 and have the ball in Tampa territory again. Chiefs remain down 16-10, to but got a three and out on Buffalo there. So they're going to take over at their own 40-yard line. So good field position here. They've shown a little life in the second half. Still don't look very good, but a little bit of life. And uh, have the ball now up toward midfield. Third and very manageable coming up. And uh, we've said it a number of times, it feels like the whole AFC West is just going to hold its breath for this fourth quarter if Buffalo can somehow ground out a win. That's two consecutive losses 
for the Chiefs against teams that you just flat out can't lose to. Well, losing to the New York Giants on the road, if they were to lose today to Buffalo at home, you can't win divisions and lose games like that. And I realize it's different quarterbacks, but when you look at the Buffalo Bills against the Chargers and you look at the Buffalo Bills against the Chiefs, I mean, the Chargers absolutely dominated that game. And granted, it was five interceptions thrown by Nate Peterman in the first quarter for the Buffalo Bills. And Tyrod Taylor came in as a backup, replacing him after getting benched the week prior uh, for what happened against New Orleans at home. Yeah, I, I get all that context. But this is the Buffalo Bills defense that the Chargers also rung up a ton of points on and the, Ch- and the Chiefs have really struggled against. Well, big third and two, and so here's what they do. Uh, We've seen this play already this year, and it looked like the defense had seen it. Travis Kelsey is the one who lines up in the shotgun position. He gets the ball, gives it to Tyreek Hill on a jet sweep, loss of three yards. Bills just totally waiting for it. Chiefs kick it away. Things like that, formationally, when you're giving it away with either the personnel or the formation you're using, when you know that they're limited only to a couple of options, when you put Travis Kelsey in at quarterback, yeah, you become predictable. Yep. And that's the exact opposite of what you want a gadget play, an exotic play to be. That's why you call them trick plays. You're looking to trick people. You're, they're, they're not supposed to be mainstays in your offense. It's confusing me what's happening with the Chiefs. It's almost like they're, they're acting more desperate than they need to. Why don't we stay on track with another short short catch to Tyreek Hill for a first down instead of trying to run him on a fly sweep well, at Kelsey at quarterback? Listen, it's the, it's the old Kansas City story. By the way, Panthers second and goal from the one, and they're going to go in. That's Jonathan Stewart with a touchdown, so they regain the lead in New York. More on that coming up in just a second. Also, Bucks have just gotten a fumble from Atlanta, so they're only down 7, 11-11 to go in the game, and they've got the ball. We're going to keep an eye on that, obviously. Um, but it almost appears when you watch Kansas City play, the whole deal, why did they draft Patrick Mahomes? Because when you're in a leverage situation, they didn't trust Alex Smith. Yeah, oh, no. And no, then yeah. a month and a half into the season this year, they're like, oh, my goodness. We we trust Alex Smith. We stoked a flame, yeah. They've lost their faith again. And so on third and two, instead of being able to trust Alex Smith, a mobile quarterback with with speedy weapons all over the place, to be able to get two yards, instead you're running shotgun snaps to your tight end who's giving a jet sweep to a wide receiver. The Chiefs absolutely need to take a second, take a breath, and reevaluate what they're doing. I realize that Alex Smith may be Mr. Game Manager, and I realize that the the run game might be struggling right now, but you have to take a good hard look at how you're calling plays. And either you're going to uh, uh, die a slow death by maybe just managing yourself out of wins, but at the same time preserving your lead in the division, or you're going to trick play yourself in the toilet bowl. I, I just... You break up the consistency of an offense, of an offensive line, a running back, when you are constantly pulling him out of the game to say, okay, now it's Kelsey's turn at quarterback. Okay, Tyreek is going to carry the ball for a change out of the backfield. Okay, we're doing this. Look, that stuff works, but it has to be occasional. I think I think Andy Reid's overthinking this thing. I, it's very difficult to get it right when you're in the midst of it, but but they have to slow this process down and say, what are we calling from the sideline? What message are we sending our team? You're absolutely right. Stuff like that, third and second, leverage moments, 
you need to count on your quarterback, and if your quarterback knows you're not counting on him, what does that do to his confidence? Exactly right. So now the Bills have the ball back in their own territory, 12-minute mark, leading 16-10. to 10. Meantime, Panthers went for two in New York, didn't get it. So we got a good game going there with just over a minute to go in the third. Panthers 18, Jets 17, Bucks on the field with the ball, down only seven. Great games coming down the stretch. Don't move a muscle right here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get Gascon in here. Full scoreboard update and everything else going on as well. Hey, Dave. Hey, man. How about an ugly number for you guys? Tennessee Titans have 14 rushes today for 13 yards. That's at Indy. And they're trailing right now 16-13. They do have the football, though, at their 23-yard line. Now, other games in progress, Patriots and Dolphins. Second and 13 now for the Patriots. Backed up to the 15. Brady's in the gut. Burkett in the lineup to the left of the quarterback. Takes the snap. Bounces to the pocket. Hits he throws left. Touchdown! Yeah! Rob Gronkowski! In his your second face. of the day! In your face! And Jacqueline increases its lead. In the face! In the face! In the face! In the face! <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy that does the show ponies. Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it Scott Zolak? Zolak. Zolak. Yeah. Zolak. <laughs> He's a wackadoodle. He's crazy. Now you know why I want to play all these Gronk highlights, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Gronk flakes and Zolak. It's, it's, it's a. Yeah, Breakfast of champions. That's right. That's right. So as it stands right now, New England leads 28 to 10. Gronk has eight. 82 receiving yards and also two TDs. Eagles dropping the hammer on the Bears right now, 31-3. Carson Wentz, 227 through the air, three TDs. Alshon Jeffrey, 52 yards receiving and one score. You mentioned that Tampa Bay-Atlanta game. From the one-yard line, high formation, driving to the left side, hurling over the top goes Peyton Barber. Did he get in? Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers! Peyton Barber goes over the top and scores. Now, this wasn't even a game, and now all of a sudden it is. It's 27-20 Atlanta, but Tampa Bay has the football. ATL's 40-yard line. Julio Jones, 11 receptions for 229. Also a pair of scores. Browns, they're going to fall to 0-11 on the yep. season. They're getting drubbed right now in Cincinnati, 23-9. Bill 16-10 over the Kansas City Chiefs. And as you guys just alluded to on Fox, Carolina leading New York in New Jersey, 18-17. Robbie Anderson for the Jets, though, five receptions for 118 and also two scores. All right, good stuff, Gascon. Appreciate that. There's LaShawn McCoy into the open field. That's never a comfy sight for defense. He gets to midfield, first down. Buffalo Bills keep an eye on that six-point game inside of 10 minutes. The Bucks not only within seven, now have moved inside the Falcons' 30-yard line. Uh, so uh, they are looking to potentially uh, move in and try to tie this football game, and they just moved into the red zone. So we'll keep you up to date there. Also, Patriots just went for it on fourth down. Uh, they have not even attempted a field goal today. They're in field goal range, but went for it on fourth and one. Didn't get it as Rex Burkhead carried for no gain. Dolphins take back over, trail 28-10. to 10. I just get the feeling from the outset that Belichick, while he takes everything seriously, is not really taking Miami seriously as an opponent today. And what I mean by that is he's, he's done some things that would suggest he is not worried about this football game in any way, shape, or form. Well, here's the funny thing about Belichick. I think when when you look at how he handles the game plan, you have to look at it two ways. One, what is he doing in-game to have a competitive advantage? But two, uh, what is he doing long-term as far as having a competitive advantage? I mentioned earlier with the fake punts, we saw them attempt the second one that actually got whistled dead later in the game. 
and those fourth down uh, situations that now they have the Dolphins really worried about and reeling from in this twenty-eight to ten matchup that they have going uh, in in uh, in this game. Look at their schedule. Look who they have in two weeks. It's the Dolphins again. Yep. So why are they doing all this? You can explain it simply put because when they take this show on the road and have to face the Dolphins in South Beach, they're giving them a ton more to prepare for. See, so this is amazing. I mean, you're saying that the way Belichick's mind is working, we think about him all the time with this massive preparation. You've told me the stories of being in that building and how you know no one's ever sleeping, no one's ever relaxing. He's not even necessarily just preparing for this game. He's not even just preparing for next week. Like He's got the whole year mapped out in his head, and every decision he's making is, 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 for, is for some point along that journey. Down the stretch of the season, you're going to see them, especially when they have steep leads, do things like this. They're going to show things they haven't shown on film before because they have the Dolphins this week, then they go and play the Bills on the road. Then they go on the road and face the Dolphins, and then back to the Bills at home. So with two divisional opponents that you're interchanging the last four, I guess it would be the next four games down the stretch of your season, you want to put things on film that forces these guys to prepare for you because they're divisional opponents. They get a second chance at you. So this is a way to have a competitive advantage. You're playing chess a week away from each other. It's pretty impressive. Huge stop by the Chiefs defense on a third and two. If the Buffalo Bills had converted, they would have been close to getting into field goal range and probably could have tried to make it a nine-point game, but they get stopped for a three-yard loss on a toss to LaShawn McCoy. That's going to force them to punt. The Chiefs will remain down by six and uh, should get the ball back, although deep in their own territory. Browns have actually just made it a game. They trail now 23-16. to Deshaun Kaiser runs one in for a touchdown. Uh, Kaiser quietly uh, a solid enough day. Deshaun Kaiser today, 14 of 25, 228 yards, no scores, no picks. Also, nine carries, 39 yards, and a touchdown. He does have one fumble, but didn't lose it. So he hasn't turned the ball over, and that's usually what the Browns need to at least stay in the game. And that's where they are. They're in a bad spot, but not a dead spot. Bengals up seven, seven minutes to go in the game. Yeah, look, the Browns, that's not going to be a good season again. Obviously, they're going to be picking at the top of the draft, but what Deshaun Kaiser needs to absolutely do is assert himself as a worthy quarterback on this roster. If he doesn't, then he could get scrap heaped. I mean, he's not a, a, a high enough draft pick where they could say to themselves, yeah, do we really need to keep keep this guy on the roster? He's a second rounder. I mean, you know they're playing money ball over there in that front office. Maybe if you don't prove your worth here, you're worried about having to start all over with the new squad. And we heard out of Notre Dame when this guy was coming into the league, the head coach was even saying, he's not mature enough to make the jump yet. I don't understand the decision, but we'll see what happens. And so far, it's been kind of a season marred by some of that immaturity, partying the night before the game. Yep. Some of the statements coming out of the Browns' front office on him. But if he can hold on down the stretch of the season and show that he's worthwhile – Maybe he starts the next year as the starter, and whoever they draft and bring in sits behind him but until, while he still proves himself. Okay, third and two for the Bucks. It is a complete pass, but short of the line to gain. So what would you do here? The Bucks are absolutely in field goal range. Uh, however, uh, they're down by seven at this point. They're at the 19-yard line. It would be fourth and one. Down by seven, seven minutes to go. What would you do? I think you go for it. 
I do. I, I, I honestly, I always feel in these situations that you have to take a, you have to take a temperature of your team at this point. They're two and zero with this guy under center, and it looks like they're lining up fourth and one. Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. Indeed, they are. He's going to go back to pass. Throws over the middle, and it is incomplete. Wow! Look for the tight end at the five yard line. Cameron Brait. It was broken up. Unable to hang on. Falcons will take over at their own nineteen. But still, game far from over, seven minutes to go, and the Falcons lead by seven. Kenyon Drake has just gone in for the Dolphins. The extra point is good. And while I don't think any of us really take it seriously, you sort of have to keep your eye on that game. Just under 12 minutes to go, and the Patriots' lead has been trimmed to 11. Yeah, look, I I think they win this game. It's very difficult to beat the Patriots home, especially when they have a lead late. Uh, but uh, but yeah, anything can happen. It's down the stretch of the season. The Dolphins obviously are a cornered animal. They they need to actually they need to generate some positivity in that organization, which has been a carousel, a quarterback, and a win on the road at Foxborough. Knowing that you got to face these guys at home in two weeks, that would be huge for them. But the Patriots, I, I look, I, I just don't bet against them. Knowing how that organization runs, being in those walls, and seeing how how wired tight it is, and how in control you feel, even when a team's making a late run, that game's going to go to the home team. All right, the Chiefs. Speaking of the home team, have the ball right now in what is a major drive. They've got seven minutes to go, down six. First play as they take over at their own eleven is a nine-yard catch for Kareem Hunt. So they've got the ball now at their own 21, got a long way to go, uh, and absolutely need something good. A stat just popped up on the screen that the Chiefs, they have as many punts as first downs today. Now that changes because they just got a first down. So the first downs have taken a 9-8 to lead on punts today for uh, the Chiefs offense. It's been a rough slog. It's been a really rough game, and Alex Smith, 13-22, uh, he's got 143 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, though. And that's the stack column that you need to see moving forward is he can't turn over the ball. That's what he's done so well throughout his career. That's the reason why this has worked. As long as he doesn't throw turnovers and you can count on the defense keeping it close, you may have a, sh- a shot at, at, at beating the Bills at home. And it seems ridiculous to say after a 5-0 and start, right. you may have a shot might. at beating the Bills at home. You might have a shot to go 7-4 and four by beating these woeful Bills at home. All right, we're going to keep an eye on that one. The Jets have just gone in for a score. There's also a big injury update in that game. We'll pass all that along. Coming up next, it's Red Zone Radio on Fox Sports. I hate that song. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it is Mark Willard and Rich Hornberger. Rich Hornberger with you here on this Red Zone Radio Sunday, and the action is hot in Atlanta. And Mark- that's why they call it Hot Atlanta, Rich. <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of shocked by what's going on in that game. We were riding off the Bucks down the stretch, and and it's just they keep they keep staying in this thing. Their defense is playing lights out so far. And I've been impressed with even their their third string running back, a guy by the name of Teron Ward, who's averaging five yards per carry at this point and making people miss. And I, I don't know. I mean, you have an opportunity here to to see a late game surge by the Bucks. Is it going to happen? Are we going to are we going to see them right the ship on the road? I don't know. But well, uh, yeah, Atlanta's down to the two minute warning, and they're in pretty good position. It almost feels kind of like the Super Bowl, doesn't it? They just need a field goal, 
and it'll all be over. <laughs> so maybe just maybe I don't know. Run the ball three times, yeah, and kick that field goal and win it. Uh, if not, the Bucks are still very much in the game. A couple other things that are still leveraged for sure. The Jets just got a field goal. Wipe the touchdown off the board we told you about from Austin Safarian Jenkins. It was uh, uh, reviewed and uh, ruled incomplete. So field goal Jets, they lead Carolina 20-18 to 18 now. 14 minutes still to go in that game. Another one that's coming down the stretch, though. Big play right now in Kansas City. Buffalo's got the ball 240 to go. Third and 11. Chiefs need to get the ball back. Tyrod Taylor is just going to run and go down, which is going to zap the Chiefs of their final timeout. However, still have the two-minute warning, and they're going to get the ball. They're going to have a long way to go and obviously need a touchdown. Uh, But it has just been amazing to watch these Chiefs today. We've talked a lot about it, uh, and they have been unable to get anything going downfield. Smith has had accuracy issues, um, and uh, it's been the, the worst day of their offensive season so far, trail the Bills 16-10, to and the whole AFC West changes if the Chiefs can't go on some sort of a miracle touchdown march right now. You know, what separates great quarterback play from good quarterback play is not only being able to make the throws to the right guys, but also putting the ball in the right place. I mean, we're seeing opportunities by Alex Smith to deal the ball to the right guy, but he's making them jump for it or or go behind themselves on the run for it. And those are the type of plays that are so frustrating because if you get the ball in the hands of a number 10, a Tyreek Hill with time and room, he can make people look stupid and then go on and, and, and score for you all on his own. You just have to get it on him. And that's something that Alex Smith has been struggling, the location of his pitches today. Falcons are going to survive. Tevin Coleman has just gone in for the second time today. From 14 yards out this time, the Falcons go up by two scores inside of two minutes to go. Um, the Jets are going to get the ball back. Still 13 minutes to go there, but they lead the Panthers by two. And here come the Chiefs to the field. They'll start at their own 14-yard line, 228 to go, no timeouts, need to go the length of the field uh, in order to win this game. They trail by six. Uh, And on that first play from scrimmage, Alex Smith will scramble for about eight yards. We're also keeping an eye on the Titans and Colts. The Titans have just gone back in front of the Colts, 257 to go. Uh, But DeMarco Murray, who has, get this, 12 carries for nine yards today, but he has just gone in for a touchdown, and that is going to give the Titans a four-point lead, meaning a field goal will do the Colts no good. 2.49 to go. The Colts are going to need a touchdown drive from Jacoby Brissett. So there's still three minutes to go, but uh, the Titans, who also have been slogging around today, Mariota's turned it over twice. Uh, right now, stand to go to seven and four, and uh, put it on the Jags to see if they can win in Arizona later today. And it is an oddity in Tennessee how this uh, this smash mouth, exotic smash mouth that they tried to employ uh, malarkey head coaching over there, trying to get this team to run the ball primarily and then pass off of it. Well, here's the issue. When you can't run the ball, it's very difficult to win football games if you're running a smash-mouth style, fo- uh, uh, smash style of offense. So you have only one, two, three, four games out of their schedule they've, where they've rushed over for 100 yards, 
and DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, that backfield has struggled. You need to get the run game established in that sort of system. That's the system that, that's the same exact system, really, that the Steelers employ and have had success with because they've had running backs who've been able to do this year after year after year. What's happening in Tennessee is if you don't get the run game straight, you're never going to have a successful offense doing it this way. Uh, we've been waiting and waiting for when is the day that Joe Mixon really goes, hey, this is my backfield. Uh, today, today's the day. Joe Mixon has just gone in. The Bengals lead the Browns now 30-16 to 16 with two minutes to go. So the Browns are going to fall to 0-11. Mixon, get a load of these numbers, 22 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown, three catches, 51 yards. Huge day for Joe Mixon, and the Bengals put up 30. And if they can establish that run game, which feels like it's been on hiatus since Jeremy Hill had a good year two years ago, if they can get that going, uh, Andy Dalton seems to be having a nice little time right now with A.J. Green. Uh, the Bengals go to 5-6. and six. Let's not forget about them. <laughs> yeah, the AFC is just filled with these teams who have an opportunity, but you're not sure what team you're going to see down the stretch of the season, whether it's the one that struggled or the one that's been really good. And you have a lot of teams that have been awfully streaky. The Chargers, the Bengals, uh, the Chiefs, the my Ravens. goodness, the yep. Ravens. Sometimes you look great, sometimes you look awful. And so, yeah, late in the season we'll see the emergence of one or many of these teams figure it out and get dialed in. Uh, Joe Mixon, though, Let's be very honest with each other. Given what he looked like in college, the Sooner running back, he was the steal of the whole draft. If they can highlight and feature him in that offense, I mean, whatever you may think of his issues in college, he may be one of the brightest stars in the NFL. So games like this, box scores like that that he's showing today may become commonplace if they do end up making him the centerpiece of that Bengals offense. Chiefs on the field right now, on the move, just got a first down. Are they going to get a penalty on that tackle? That was well <laughs> well out of bounds, uh, but they're not. Uh, but it's going to be a second and six. Uh, moments ago, defensive fumble recovery for Luke Keekley runs into the end zone. We're going to get a review on that as to whether or not it was a fumble, but looks like the Panthers have just retaken the lead in New York over the Jets. What a monster defensive play. Uh, it was a sack. Fu- well, see, now that's going to be that was the arm moving forward or not situation for McCown. Keekley picks it up, goes into the end zone. No question there. What do you see here? Was the arm going forward by McCown on this play? Oh, that was definitely a fumble. I don't even think he got it up and cocked before it popped out of his hand. It was on the way to his shoulder as it popped out. And that is a really ill-conceived effort by McCown. You take that sack. When you're in the grips of a defensive lineman, live to play another down. And Luke Keekley. He is always in the frame. And what I mean by that, every time the camera moves, number 59 is in the frame, and he makes a great fumble recovery with a scoop and score there. This is a huge play throughout the entire NFC as the Panthers now retake the lead. They're going to go for two with 12 minutes left to go in the game, leading 24-20. to Chiefs are in a desperate situation. Third and six at their own 35. Smith is back to pass. He'll throw. That's complete to Tyreek Hill and out of bounds. First down, just shy of midfield. So back with the conclusion of this game, coming up next, minute 46 to go. Comes at you fast. We learned that lesson over and over again, don't we? It's true in Week 12 of the NFL schedule as well. Just like that, the Panthers go from down 2 to up 12 in the fourth quarter against the New York Jets. 
And just like that, the Chargers are going to win the AFC West. Oh, okay, maybe that's <laughs> I mean, maybe it's yeah. getting a little ahead of <laughs> myself. But the Chiefs have officially Go lost. Chargers. They have lost to the Buffalo Bills, sixteen to ten. Alex Smith did have the Chiefs on the move, did get the Chiefs into Bills territory, but on third and seven, throws an interception. And can I just? This is a slight pet peeve observation. But as a former NFLer, let me ask you something. Sure. The game's probably over either way once Alex Smith throws this interception. But a lot of us fans look at at certain things that are happening there on the field, and we have questions. So as the Bills intercept the ball, okay, the moment he intercepts it, the Chiefs have no timeouts, and there's a minute to go. Correct. So what the Bills players should do is fall down. Get down immediately. Okay, the Bills player does not fall down. No, he doesn't. He tries to run for a pick six. What the Chiefs do is chase him and try to tackle him. What the Chiefs should do is they should lay down. Uh, Yes. Let him score a touchdown because that's the only way you're going to get the ball back. Correct. Well, the fastest player in the NFL goes by the name of Tyreek Hill. He catches up to the Bills defender who's trying to score a touchdown, which he shouldn't do, and tackles him, which he shouldn't do. And I'm sitting here watching this. I'm going, and I get the aspect of, look, this is all happening very fast, and there's instinct where, you know, you catch it, you try to score. And if somebody else has the ball, you try to tackle him. But why doesn't those, Why don't those thoughts go through those guys' heads? It's poor situational awareness, and it's it's both in coaching and playing. If if look no further than what happened to Marlon McCree with the Chargers against the Patriots playoff situation. You know, you have you have a guy catch a uh, catch a pass or catch an interception, interception. gets stripped. It's it's pounced on by New England. They go on to win a game in a in a desperation situation where if you would have just went down. You win that football game. And so, yeah, like those situations need to be rehearsed and talked about. I remember actually when I was drafted in 2009, that play happened years before I got to New England. Bill Belichick played it for us at two separate points during the season to hit home. In this situation, you need to know what to do. Likewise, there are times where you need to know when to let an offense score to give you an opportunity for crying out loud. He allowed the Giants to score in the Super Bowl in 2012 to try to come back and win the game. Um, it's, it's, It's bad situational awareness. And Alex Smith, I just said it a minute ago, could not throw a pick and did. And now all of a sudden, you start to think whether or not 11 has seen his last throw of the season. Well, I mean, I, I it, maybe it's a bit early for that, but I totally get what you're saying. I mean, it is stunning what has taken place. Uh, five, six weeks ago, we're talking about this guy leading the race for the MVP. By the way, let's even go up to the minute. If I go to the stats board right now as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, um, obviously he's not going to be leading things like yards and whatnot. But Alex Smith is one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the NFL. Right now he stands at number two. He is second. The guy in front of him happens to be the best person who's ever played the position. Right. So do you take a guy that is second in NFL passer rating and bench him? Well, here's the issue. If you're just looking at what's happened, what's transpired over the past bunch of weeks, yeah, you can make an argument for it. Because over those last couple of weeks, he's thrown three touchdowns and he's thrown four picks. Yep. 
in three consecutive matchups against the Cowboys, against the Giants, against Buffalo today. He's thrown interceptions and he has, and has only one, one more touchdown than interception in one game. That's against Dallas. In the final two games, he's had more interceptions than touchdowns or tied. So these these last three games have been a rough patch for him. And I mean, Sean McDermott benched inex- inexplainably benched Tyrod Taylor for right. Nate Peterman. Yeah, but how'd that work out? Like, I get it, but all, all this being said, I understand what you're saying, but you still have a first place club, and you're not handing that over to somebody who's never played football. I, I look, I, I I've seen. Well, I, I don't know if I've seen crazier things, but I've seen things as crazy uh, as that, and and I think that it's a possibility. It's definitely something that they're going to chew on. If if the let's put it this way, if the AFC West was any tighter, I think you it would be easier to make that decision. I think Alex Smith has probably afforded himself with some room given how well he played earlier in the year, but it's not going to take much else. And and I'm not calling for it either. I think you give a guy time and space to resolve something when you have a lead in the division. Yep. But if he doesn't get this squared away in a week, I think they may make a change. Okay, let's take a look. We're looking at the AFC playoff picture right now. We mentioned it earlier, the Steelers and the Patriots at this moment, because things do change. The Chiefs are the best example of it. They were 5-0, and now they're 6-5. and Correct. But at this moment, it feels like the Patriots and Steelers will be playing for the AFC title. I don't even know who else is qualified. Here's why what just happened to the Chiefs is bad news for the Patriots and the Steelers. If I look around at the AFC playoff picture right now, throw around teams like Jacksonville, like Tennessee, like Baltimore, um, all of these teams that are potentially the team that would show up in Foxborough or in Pittsburgh for the divisional round of the playoffs, the team that would scare me the most today that I wouldn't want to see, that I actually think could potentially go into one of those places and maybe even win a football game, is the Los Angeles Chargers. And they got a lot closer to the playoffs with what just happened in Kansas City today. I'll say this about the Chargers. What do you often see in the postseason is close point spreads as far as the, the games and then oftentimes the scores at the end of the game. These guys lose close games. Oh, they could screw up a peanut butter sandwich. I get it. So, I mean, if you are if you are lining up, look, are the Chargers scary? Yeah, that defense is real. That pass rush is the best in the NFL right now. And look at all the other teams that we just mentioned and think of the most important position in sports. Am I worried about Bortles coming into my nope. building? Am I worried about Mariota coming into my building? Am I worried about Alex Smith coming into my building? Am I worried about Joe Flacco or Tyrod Taylor coming into my building? Am I worried about Phillip Rivers coming into my building? That, to me, is the team that if you're the Pats and the Steelers, you don't want to see. It's a reasonable concern, and over the past couple weeks, I mean, Phillip Rivers against Buffalo, he had 250 yards uh, he had two touchdowns, no picks against the Dallas Cowboys, 434 yards just a couple days ago on uh, on Thanksgiving on the road, mind you, at Dallas Stadium. 434. That's that's three touchdowns, zero picks again. He's surging at the end of the season. So, yeah, there is reason to believe that they could be a contender if the Chiefs keep going this way and the Chargers keep going on this upward trend. And a scary team, no doubt, but again, Close games in the playoffs, they seem to oh, lose those. I, I'm, yeah, by, by no stretch am I saying that I would favor them to go in there and win that game. And again, we got five more weeks of, yeah. of football and, to and, figure and, out. Yeah. But if I, again, if this were tomorrow, um, 
if I were doing AFC power rankings, if you will, mm. the Chargers are three. <laughs> this is nuts. The Chargers are three. Jacksonville's got the next best record. We just watched those two teams play in Jacksonville two weeks ago, and the Chargers screwed up the peanut butter sandwich, but they had the game five different ways, outplayed the Jags in the game, all of those things. That is that is my uh, there's there's my week twelve hot take for you. <laughs> I still in feel your AFC power yes. rankings: Patriots one, Steelers two, Chargers three. It's so damn hot. It just I I, I, I tell me I'm wrong. I I just I can't buy the Chargers yet. They had they haven't Erroneous. they haven't beaten a real team yet. Oh, no, 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 don't disagree. But go ahead then and tell me the team right now in the AFC. That is ahead of the Chargers, not called the Pats and Steelers. In terms of just like your thoughts on what they bring just to the table. Just looking at them? Yep. Just, <sighs> just who's, if I'm the Pats or the Steelers, give me the team in the AFC that I, I'm like, uh, they scare me more than the Chargers. I, I No team scares me more than the Chargers on paper. But again, I, like there there are plenty of teams that are, are have built up a better resume than the Chargers. Well, sure. And, and 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 realistically, again, I, I realize it's it's easy to do this in hindsight. But the Chargers, the the win at the Giants, the Giants stink this season. The Oakland Raiders have been a mess. Uh, uh, their win against Denver. I mean, at the time, it seemed like wow, you know, that's a convincing shutout victory. But Denver's been flailing since. No, the win against their signature was was three days ago. Yeah, that is their best moment. And, and how great of a moment is that? I don't know. Dallas, the last three but, weeks, doesn't look very and good. And that's my point. Tyron Smith, their star left well, tackle, he has, playing, a gro- he has a groin, though. And that's only on 10 days well, rest. We all have a groin. I made a groin pull. I mean, and, and <laughs> it's unfortunate that I have to explain it. But, the, yeah, the man pulled his groin, and it's difficult to play. the Look, this, this, is, this is a team without Zeke Elliott. Yep. This is a team without Sean Lee. Yep. They didn't have their dogs out there. The Chargers haven't had yep. that win yet where I go, you know what? They're a real team because they beat a real team. I tell you what, what you just said makes sense. No Zeke, no healthy Tyron Smith, no Sean Lee. Cowboys are at their worst point. If the Chargers had gone to Dallas on Thanksgiving Day and eked out a twenty to seventeen game, I'd say, yeah, I'm not overly impressed. They didn't do that. They torched the field with Dallas from the get go until the end. There was never a moment where they didn't look like the dominant team on that field. Again, I'm not saying they've arrived. I'm saying they're the third best team in the NFL. Tell you what, if they beat the Browns next week, not all of a sudden we could talk about them. You know what I mean? Then you finally beat a real team. Now, I don't look, I mean, if they go seven and nine, I'll be impressed. If they go eight and eight, that's a win for the year. If they do anything better than that, that's a Cinderella story. Okay, let's take a look then because they are six and six, not five and six, because Cleveland comes to LA next week. So six and six. Relax. What's going on for their last four games? Let's get into that in a moment. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Geico.com. For a free rate quote, afternoon session underway. It's raining sideways in Santa Clara. The Seahawks and 49ers off to an ugly start. Russell Wilson has already been picked. Meantime, one early game that is far from decided. The Carolina Panthers got a defensive score, then a special team score. They lead 32-20, to but the Jets just got a touchdown. And now, with four minutes to go, it's a five-point game again. So more on that coming up in just a few on Red Zone Radio. Dab on them, folks. 
All right, what does it mean when Geico says his 15 minutes could save him 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Is that Jets-Panthers game over yet? No, it's not over yet. 2-12 to go. Carolina 32. Jets 27. Carolina has the ball, second and 12, just outside the Jets' 30-yard line. So, no, that one is not done yet. The Seahawks and 49ers are underway five minutes in their scoreless. Niners take over the ball at their own 30-yard line. There are weather issues there, and then there are just issues there. Like Seattle, we had Kenny Albert on earlier, and he said, we spoke to Pete Carroll, and he said he's not concerned. Newsflash, he's lying. Like the, the, that, that team right now, no Cam Chancellor, no Richard Sherman. The defense does not scare you nearly as much anymore. The Falcons proved that on Monday night in Seattle. Uh, and the offense, in the absence of a running game, I'm sorry, and that NFC that is so stacked that we talked about, it's not going to get it there. Yeah, what do we what do we do? We can't take a coach at face value. We're not worried. Of course you're going <laughs> Like what what would we have done if Pete Carroll chomping on his chewing gum came to the podium and was like, "Yeah, you know, we're really struggling. We don't know what we're doing." And uh with no running game, I don't think uh I don't think we really got a chance against the Niners even though they stink. It's not. You're not going to get. That's not real. Like yeah, he's no, just, he's not going to say that. He's not going to say even that. Even if you're feigning confidence, sometimes that's what your team needs to hear in Poop the press. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, the Falcons have already got a win on the board today. The Panthers look like they're probably going to get one as well. The Saints play the Rams. The Seahawks will be big Rams fans. Uh, I'm sorry, Saints fans today. Uh, they can. Uh, they could. In fact, even with a win today, if the Rams lose. Poof, they're right there, tied for first place with a head-to-head win in hand. So I'm certainly not calling their season dead, but I don't love their chances if they have to end up in a wild card race. I don't like their chances against the Panthers and the Falcons. And who knows who else might get in there, Lions, Cowboys, Redskins. I just think the Seahawks are very banged up and the heart of what made this team the Seahawks over the last five years. Marshawn Lynch and L.O.B. That defense and Marshawn Lynch, and none of it's there anymore. No, yeah, no. You, you have Earl Thomas is the only member of the Legion of Boom out there, as we heard earlier with Kenny, uh, and, and, and it shows. I, I mean, when you, get, when you get that strained in the secondary, your pass rush has to win football games for you because you can't rely on them to do it on their own, to cover guys. These are the twos and the threes out there right now, and the Rams – I mean, serious contenders to win the the NFC West. I, I look at the remainder of their schedule. They're at Arizona, and without a starting quarterback there, you got to figure that's that's winnable after this game against the Saints at home. And then further down the series, they got they got the Forty ers in LA. So as long as they clean up with a win, heads up when they go to Seattle, and that's going to be week fifteen in the season. You get that win. You can own the West, and then, like you said, it's hard-pressed for Seattle to fight their way in on the wild card because it's a down year. They've been injured at places you can't be injured for very long. Question for you about something also on the other side of the ball in this game between Seattle and San Francisco. Uh, Tanking has been a big topic in sports media for the last two to three years. Yep. Um, We hear about it with, oh, the Jets are tanking. It's not working very well. They're winning a lot of football games. Maybe the Browns are tanking. We hear it in the NBA all the time. Some would suggest that the Houston Astros just won a World Series 
based on a few years ago going through a three- to four-year tank period. Okay, uh, let me ask you about two particular teams and what they've done the last two weeks. Were the Bills, did the Bills have an incentive to not win last week? Did the Bills put Nate Peterman into a game they knew he would lose? Best pass Russian football, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Here's why. They want to move on from Tyrod Taylor, but how do you move on from a quarterback that takes you to the playoffs? The Bills are sitting right in position to get a wild card spot. They Did the Bills, was their front office, not their players, the players always play hard, was the front office incentivized to put one in the L column when he sent Nate Peterman to the Chargers last week. I'll say no to that because in the NFL, it's really the only tank-proof league as far as pro sports go. And the reason for it is there's no guarantee contracts. I mean, you have franchise players. They're few and far between. You have some contracts with guarantee monies, and then you wouldn't move on from a player who you just gave a huge signing bonus. But the majority of the roster is made up of guys who don't have a guarantee as a part of their deal. And when you have situations like that, and also knowing that coaches in quote-unquote tank years get fired, you can't make decisions like that. You can't put bad film out there. You can't have too many losses in the in the loss column. Otherwise, an ownership will move on from you. A fan base will move on from you. So even if it's just one game, that decision to start Nate Peterman, if they look back on a season that was and say, yeah, we could have made a run at the playoffs because you never know what happens across the league. Maybe Tom Brady gets hurt and you have a chance to win the whole darn AFC if, you're, if you have enough momentum late in the year. You will be criticized and castigated for that decision for the rest of your tenure if it lasts very long. So, no, I don't think anybody really lines up on the field and goes, all right, guys, uh, we're just going to go ahead and let this season go. We're all going to pretend like we're giving it our best well, shot but again, because no one, jobs are always on the line. No one on the field. I'm talking about the people that are upstairs. Uh, by the way, Panthers have just put through a 45-yard field goal, take an eight-point lead, 21 seconds left to go. They do have to kick it off, but the Jets need a miracle. Here's why I ask with regard to the 49ers. Remember two weeks ago, you and I sat here. Jay Glazer gave the report that the plan was for Jimmy Garoppolo to start today. Right. Now, the weather report is bad. It's raining. Oh, Jimmy doesn't have quite a grasp of the offense that we thought. Those things, I'm sure, are all true. But is there even a thought upstairs with the 49ers? You know, we could put Jimmy out there, but... We really want Jimmy next year more than we want Jimmy this year. Yeah. We don't want Jimmy to get hurt. You're playing an aggressive Seattle defense. And lastly, how badly do we want to win? I really look at it as more wanting to showcase Bethard. I mean, this Seattle defense, like we just mentioned, are really, really thin in the secondary. And if you can showcase Bethard, if he gets wins against or even just has good games against uh, worthy adversaries, people go, well, look at what he did against the Seahawks. And they forget the context of the injury-ridden secondary they had. And they go, well, geez, no, Bethard's pretty good. So come the draft, imagine the 49ers are picking at the top of the draft at like they will because they, they traded away um, um, uh, their their second overall pick for a third and got draft capital. It very well could be in the a conversation, given also their record 
They're going to have a couple of tries at this. They could do whatever they want. And then on top of it, deal away Bethard if they drafted themselves a quarterback they like better. Yeah, that's so, fair. So I really do think they're starting Bethard longer than they would have been just because he's been playing really well. Uh, Jets right now have two seconds on the clock. They're down by eight. They've got the ball up to their own 39-yard line. So run the old 61-yard play here. Uh, that'll be the attempt from Josh McCown. Uh, he's going to put all his receivers out to the uh, right side of the field out of the shotgun. They'll throw short and try to do the old cow lateral the ball all over the field thing. <laughs> and that lasted about uh, that lasted as long as... As as that sentence I just spewed. Yeah, that and was the receiver just ran J-E-T-E forward. Jets. Yeah. See now that was tanking. That was tank. He just ran forward and fell down. The ball um, game was over. Yeah, it, it I kind of feel like they should have just taken a <laughs> knee if they were gonna All right, here's what we're gonna do. It's a desperation play. We're gonna throw a quick out to the sideline and fall over. What are we doing? I don't know, but the Panthers win. <laughs> 35, 35 to 27 is the score there. So the Panthers get the win, and the NFC South continues to dominate. The Falcons win today. The Panthers win today. 7-4 and four for the Falcons. Um, the Saints are about to get going with the Rams in the game of the day. 8-2 and two versus 7-3. and three. So the Saints' lead is down to a half game over the Panthers. They'll need to keep that going later on today. That game, in fact, is just underway. Rams on the field first and already in the red zone. So more on that in just a second, but let's get David Gascon in here and get a full look at the board today. Gentlemen, gentlemen, what a way to slide if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Snap to Alex Smith. Looks right. It is picked off. It is intercepted. Going back the other way. It is Tredavious White at the 35. And he's still on the run inside the 25. Cuts to his right at the 15. At the 10. He is down at the 10-yard line. Trey Day. Trey Day. Trey Day. Tredavious White. Unbelievable. Trey Day. Trey. I have no idea what that was, but I I, I did notice the boo uh, birds in the back. Did you hear the boos oh, yeah. at Arrowhead Stadium? Those were reserved for Alex Smith. Uh, I thought- There's no question. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, yeah. man. Patrick Mahomes is in the pen. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Warming up. Oh, man. Yeah. 16 to 10 is the final score. Keep in mind, guys, Kansas City started off the year 5-0. and and, and now they're six and five. Six and five, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Rams and Saints are playing right now. Todd Gurley with the rock, and he carries it just about the five yard line of New Orleans. So it's going to be first down and goal to go at the Saints five yard line. That game's just underway, so there's no score. Seahawks in San Francisco or Santa Clara. There's no score yet. That game's on Fox. <laughs> San Francisco adjacent. Yeah, yeah you know that's it's right. Pretty close yeah. on suburbs by. of. It's like a fifty minute uh, train ride, or yeah, not fifty minute, fifty dollar train ride. Oh, or something. so not, close then. Yeah, yeah. not <laughs> close at all, but. It's all considered the same thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's no score in that game. Jaguars and Cardinals, there's no score either. Denver and Oakland just underway from the Bay, and there's no score in that one. Earlier today, Patriots took care of the Dolphins, 35-17. Brady, 227, four TDs, two of them to Gronk. Falcons hold on to beat Tampa Bay, 34-20. Tennessee had to come from behind to beat Indianapolis, but they still did it, 20-16. And the Cleveland Browns. The march towards Josh Rosen, maybe? I don't know. Oh, gosh. 0-11 this season. They fall to the Bengals 30-16. to Joe Mixon a good day. 165 total yardage and also one score. Panthers finally closed out the Jets 35-27. to Josh McCann on the losing end, 307 through the air and three TDs. Two of them to Robbie Anderson, who had 146 yards receiving. 
All right, David, great stuff. Sammy Watkins is in for a five-yard touchdown catch for the Rams. So their opening drive, net six. Remember, there's no Robert Woods right now for that team for a few weeks. So it's going to be Sammy Watkins' opportunity to really show if he can get back to being a number one receiver in the NFL. So far, so good. Opening drive, two catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown already. And the Rams are on the board first against the Saints. Yeah, imagine that, having two receivers that people really have to fear your speed and Watkins and Woods both. And with Woods on the disabled list for the game, early action to Watkins and Gurley on pace. I mean, the Rams are real, and we've known this for a while now, but what's amazing is how real Jared Goff looks. I I don't know if there's ever been a quarterback who's risen from obscurity like Jared Goff has. He had an atrocious rookie season. Uh, He jumped in there after they benched Case Keenum, and things really, really looked ugly. And then Jeff Fisher leaves. You bring in Sean McVay, and he looks like a completely different person. He looks so composed. He's putting it not only on the right guys, but in the right locations. We were talking about that with Alex Smith. Aside from the one interception that iced the game against the Bills, he also wasn't locating the ball well. That's something that Jared Goff, in traffic, the window was tight. We just saw on that touchdown pass, and he he just fires it in there with such confidence. These were things that were lacking a year ago. He's got command. He's got control. He's, he's handling himself behind the line of scrimmage as good as any quarterback across the league right now. And again, we talked about the NFC, the whole conference, just tons of quarterbacks playing lights out lately. Yep, yep, yep. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier. Laura Oakman was at the Titans-Colts game. She's going to join us in a couple. Also want to pass this along. It's predictable. I think that we've, we understand the story as of now. However, it deserves to be mentioned again. There are, shall we say, Plenty of good seats available at the L.A. Coliseum today. (laughs) And you remember the thought at the beginning of the year was, oh, gosh, uh, just wait. They're not – neither team is supposed to be any good. If they get good, then everybody will show up. Well, okay, so now what do you got? Because the Chargers are one of the hottest teams in the NFL, just had their worst crowd last week when the Bills were here, the Nate Peterman game. And the Rams are playing what is on paper maybe is the sexiest matchup the NFL has known all year. Drew Brees is there. The Saints are 8-2. and two, The Rams are 7-3. and three. First place versus first place. Holiday weekend. Hey, Rich, look out the window. Oh, yeah, bright sunshine. There is absolutely no excuse left yet. The same story continues. Mark, look no further than the fact that there are some people who still use blackberries. Like, I, I mean, just that's what that's it's human. It's human nature. Okay, when you get used to doing something, right? When it's it's so ingrained, it's so it's so tucked into the fiber of your be- being. Change is not well received. I don't I mean, know, Laura, uh, or I should say, uh, uh, L.A. They they haven't had. A team in 20-something years. Yep. To change those habits is like trying to tell somebody with a physical keyboard, no, check out this touchscreen. They're like, yeah, I don't know about that. That seems like a passing fad. It takes a generation. It takes a decade. It takes a lot of people jumping on board with something before the tipping point occurs. 
The Rams, they're having a renaissance this season. It's their second year in Los Angeles. It's not going to happen overnight. So as far as I'm concerned, those seats are going to remain widely empty unless they get to a playoff game. Then maybe we'll see. Well, they're probably going to do that. Yeah. Boy, that's going to be interesting if it still doesn't fill up, right? And then you, you, if you're the NFL, you're starting to think about scaling down the size of these buildings because if this is what's going to happen on the heels wow. of relocation – I mean, look, the Raiders are about to be in Vegas. Yeah, no, fair point. However, they're not going to scale back the size of the new L.A. building. They're already building it. Yeah, so I don't. Right, I, I think it's a little late for that. All right, Red Zone Radio, Fox Sports Radio, let's welcome in our very good friend, Laura Oakman. Titans and Colts earlier today ended up being a really good game. Titans survived, moved to 7-4. and four. Laura, great to hear you. Thanks for coming on. So Marcus Mariota is a little mysterious here. You know, they grind out a win but he's had the turnover bug now two times in a row. And uh, we were talking earlier about how good Wentz and Goff look. Let's go back to the year before, Winston and Mariota. Like, how would you assess where he's at in his career? It's year three, and there were big expectations. I think, first of all, so nice to hear you guys. Hello, and thank you for having me. Um, I, I think they are getting him healthy right now. You know, he, he was coming off that hamstring earlier this season. Um, the last time the Titans and Colts played, he was very limited, and they had to keep him in the pocket. He's been able to move more, although they didn't do that. Uh, I think he had just a couple runs outside the pocket today. He didn't do that much. Um, I think I, I think right now what they love about Marcus He's smart. I mean, Mike Malarkey says he has put more on this guy at this young of an age uh, with the reads, with, with the protections, with everything than he has with any other quarterback. He trusts him. Um, I think that he's been banged up. I think that there's still, uh, there's, you know, he's still in his third year and not a full three years. So he's growing. But I know talking to him, I was happy to talk to him after last week's game with his career-high four interceptions. Because for whatever reason, I've been getting a lot of quarterbacks with our games this season coming off career bad games. Okay. <laughs> but I'm getting the young guys because they learn so much from them. And it's almost like, a, oh, got that out of the system, and now here's what I'm learning. Marcus was interesting about it because he said, I'll be honest, I know you're, all the guys you talk to probably say they had to really learn how to flush this game. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at that when it's a good win, and I'm really good at that when it's a, when it's a loss. And it doesn't matter how I play. He said, I think that's why I've been successful is I'm able to do that. And so what I can tell you is talking to, to guys this week uh, and, and this season just about who he is, they love this quarterback. They love his potential on the field. And, boy, do they love him off the field. And the coaches say they have, they have not been around a guy that has this much potential and this kind of ceiling that they see how good he's going to be. But they just say you can't talk about that without saying what an incredible leader he is and and an incredible person. And I know some people don't put as much stock into that, but I can tell you the longer I do this and the longer I watch successful teams and, and, and those franchise quarterbacks, that's a huge part of it, who they like, who they respect, who they follow. And, and I think what they would tell you is they're having a lot of issues offensively, but they're certainly not going to put them on market. Laura Oakman joining us on Colts-Titans. I'm looking at the Titans over their past 11 games now, and today especially 92 yards on the ground. Disappointing given this labeled exotic smash-mouth system Malarkey's trying to employ. How are they going to get this run game right? Because you got to imagine that'll help take some of the pressure off of Mariota's shoulders. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I talked to Mike Malarkey at halftime, and he kind of went with, you know, the cliche answer in terms of what do we have to do? Well, we got to execute. We can't turn the ball over. So, I, you know, okay, but tell me what you have to do to execute. What's the most important thing? And he didn't hesitate. And he's like, we got to run the ball. We got to run the ball. We got to run the ball. Um, and I know that's what they want to do. Um, and boy, we saw it at the end with that two-headed monster of DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, how, how good those two look when they are in a groove, but they haven't been able to get them, uh, to get them going. Now, so I think that'll be the interesting thing moving forward is how they're able to do that uh, and how they're able to get them going. Um, I know they've had a consistent line, and, and they love the way I mean, you've got Mike Malarkey, you know, an old-school tight end. You've got Russ Grimm, their offensive line coach, you know, one of the hogs. And Terry Robisky, you've got these old-school offensive coaches. They want to run the ball. Um, I think they're just they're getting all the pieces together right now. Laura Oakman on Titans-Colts. Real quick, Laura, also, you know, they're leading the wild-card race right now uh, at this moment in the AFC. Like, w- what are your thoughts on their readiness to go on the road and win a playoff game? I like this team right now. They've been checking off boxes. That was one of the things. They, they, they didn't want to talk about it this week the same way they didn't want to talk about, talk about it before their first Jacksonville game week two or the last time they faced Indy week six in Nashville because they, keep, they had all these streaks. They hadn't won in Nashville since 20, I mean in uh, Jacksonville since 2013. They did that week two. Hadn't beaten the Colts in 11 tries. They, they accomplished that week six. Uh, and then they had never won in Lucas Oil Stadium. So they got that monkey off their back today, too. They feel really good about all these things that have kind of been holding them back and wearing them down, and this one was just like, a, oh, that felt good. <laughs> uh, there's a few teams, the privilege of this job is we get to go into 32 buildings, and I know I talked about this with you guys last time. You see who really is getting it together on Friday. So usually you can kind of see what's coming just if, it, if the arrow is pointing up or down, sometimes that record doesn't matter. What I can tell you is I love being around this team. Brian Arakpo was telling me yesterday, he's like, our chemistry is out the roof. I've been on close teams where the defense is closed, and you, you like a couple offensive guys, and the offense is closed. <laughs> but he's like, we literally have a team where the punter is friends with the D lineman. And I laughed, and he's like, you can seriously say that. The punter is friends with the D lineman. Yeah. And he said, you know, our wives and our girlfriends are close. It's really special. And I asked Mike Malarkey about that, who, you know, again, had a, you know, a long NFL career. He's been coaching forever and with some awfully good teams and franchises. And he said, this is as close a team as I've ever been on. Guys will kill for each other. Huh. And you feel that. I felt that on the sideline today. So what I would say to you is, they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to get that offense going for four quarters. You know, this is this, this, they just swept the Colts, I think, for the first time in about ten years. Um, but uh, but had to come back from behind both times in the second half. They're still having to to get that offense in a rhythm to find that rhythm. But that chemistry is there in terms of boy, these guys are fighting for each other and feeding off each other. And we saw that today where the defense really did the yeoman's work with eight sacks. Laura, great stuff. Happy holidays. Thanks for jumping on. Happy holidays, you guys. Thanks always for having me. All right, there it goes. Laura Oakman, Titans beat the Colts 20-16. to uh, Coming up next, we've got a game we've got to discuss because, man, things just got hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Things just got heavy. Ejections happened. We'll fill you in coming up, Red Zone Radio. All right, week 12 coming down the stretch into the afternoon games. Rams lead the Saints 7-0. Cardinals over the Jags 3-0. Niners and Seahawks scoreless. Broncos and Raiders has actually changed sports. It is now <laughs> it is now a boxing match. And uh, McGregor and Mayweather got nothing on this one. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. That's right. Shut your you-know-what. That's exactly what Marshawn Lynch said to Akeem Tlaib as he escorted him off the field. This was a wild situation that broke out. Crabtree and Tlaib went full Norman and Odell Beckham Jr. on each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It turned into one of those NFL boxing matches where nobody actually landed a punch because if they did, they would break their hand. People have helmets on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, punches were being thrown. Yeah. It got really crazy. It got onto sidelines. It got totally out of control. Both were assessed penalties. Both were thrown out of the game. Tlaib would not leave the field in an orderly fashion. So who goes over to escort him through the Raiders bench? You know why I'm here. Yeah, none other than Marshawn Lynch, who oh, seemingly – on a week-in and week-out basis, is more concerned with the welfare of the opponent than he is actually winning football games. That was an absolutely ridiculous scene uh, that just broke out in what is a scoreless football game. It's not. Uh, it's not punctilious. It's pugilistic and <laughs> perplexing. I'm uh, shocked by what just happened. Marshawn Lynch, 2020, though. Uh, this guy brings people together. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a red jersey and you're fighting against the guys wearing the black jerseys like Marcus Peters against his entire offensive line. He'll help a guy out or keep to leave in a fist fight in the end zone with Crabtree. It doesn't matter. Orange jersey, I got you, bud. Let's just make our way off the field. He's a great unifier, Marshawn Lynch, yes, and I is. appreciate He's that. A uniter. that action, That's right. He's a uniter, not a divider. He's played in multiple countries this year. That's right. No juice. I tell you what, he, he's, he's far for for every team, for every country, uh, there is your Marshawn Lynch. He's got the pulse of the country and now oh my gosh. the world. Uh, I, uh, I'm here so I won't get fined. That's, oh, man. that's precise. Well, good enough reason, honestly. I mean, Michael Crabtree and Aqib Tlaib. And Crabtree, this is not his first rodeo and getting crazy with a with a you know opposing defensive back. Let's not forget the most famous play uh, in his, the history of his career was a uh, non-catch that turned Richard Sherman into Richard Sherman. In the uh, in the NFC title game many years ago, uh, when Sherman called him a mediocre receiver, and that whole thing broke out. Um, but I, I, I tell you what, uh, I'm trying to figure out who just won in that battle. Like, would you rather uh, remember when uh, uh, the Jags, AJ Green, and the Jalen Ramsey thing all went down? Everyone's like, "Well, you got AJ Green off the field. Sure, that's a win for the Jags." Yeah, is this a win for the Raiders or a win for the Broncos? Tlaib and Crabtree both leaving the field. Well, what I will say is it's probably a win for the Broncos because the the Oakland Raiders are basically an offense, uh, and, and sometimes your your best offensive opportunities are your best defense, and that's really what the Raiders' rubric for success is. Without Tlaib, I mean, he doesn't have to cover Crabtree all day. They're doing it from the locker room at this point. Uh, so I definitely think point Denver in that uh, that exchange there. We'll see what happens. I mean, they have plenty of other options as far as Derek Carr getting the ball around. Right. Yeah, and so the De- Denver secondary will have their hands full still. But I would take that trade anyway, any day. Get Crabtree off the field. Get to leave in the locker room. I like my chances if I'm Denver on defense. 10 nothing Rams. They've added a field goal. They're off to a good start at home against the Saints. 
Uh, keep in mind, in that Oakland-Denver game, that's Paxton Lynch at quarterback. Yeah. So that's their third starting quarterback of the year. And you know what they say when you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Paxton Lynch so far, one of two for negative four yards. Well, three quarterbacks is two too Yay. many, as it turns out. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, usually. Well, in this case, it's three too many, <laughs> well, actually. Right. Yeah. Typically, you want to use one of those. Um, yeah, this has not been Denver season offensively. They are now without. Uh, McCoy at offensive coordinator. It's Musgrave taking over, and it's Paxton Lynch instead of Trevor Simeon. So this is going to be a new look no matter how you dice it. And uh, so far in a nothing-nothing game, uh, nothing doing for both of these offenses. <laughs> Raiders are in Denver territory. Russell Wilson has just gone in on a touchdown run for the Seahawks. They are on the board finally in San Francisco with a 6 to nothing lead there. And the Blaine Galbert quarterbacks Cardinals continue to lead the Jags 3 to nothing. I think this is a big prove-it game for Blake Bortles. And so far, uh, not much is being proven. Hey, Mr. Ornberger, great stuff as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Week 12 continues on Fox. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.